the Broadway musical, a staple in American culture. And sometimes those musicals, which have their humble beginnings on a stage, find their way to the glitz and glam of Hollywood. And sometimes the other way around. On this podcast, we discuss all of those movie musicals that have made our hearts sing, cringe, and cry. This is Stage Rant. Welcome to Stage Rant, your favorite podcast where two dudes, both equally secure in their masculinity and sexuality, talk about the biggest shows that made their way from the big stage to the small screen. Every week, myself, Adam, a man who enjoys a tasteful side face every now and then, discuss the history of a movie musical with... Joe, a guy who I don't really know how to respond to that quality of Adam's, uh, who has a lot of pointed, strong opinions. Each week we watch movie musicals and sometimes are joined by a friend who we may or may not have forced to join us. So let's go ahead and pull back the curtain and get started. So, Adam, mm-hmm. tell me. Yes. What do the musical stylings of Andrew Lloyd Webber, Patty Hearst, mm. and face coverings have in common? Who, You know, there's a lot of Stockholm Syndrome in Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. Yes. Um, so, but you threw in face coverings. So I'm going to have to say, is this... The Phantom of the Opera? Yes, Adam. This is 2004's Phantom of the Opera. Mm. I'm excited for this one. This one is obviously a classic. Uh, one that I've been, of course, fortunate to see yes. on a live stage production. But Myself as before well. we go too much further, yes. uh, this is actually our second episode with a guest. Second yes. week in a row. All right. Yeah, all right. Put your hands together, Good everyone. Uh, Allie, welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, Allie, uh, you are a childhood friend. I'm glad to uh, have you with us. Uh, But before we go any further, we do have some questions that we are legally required by our legal counsel to ask you, starting with Adam, take it away. Yeah. uh, Were you forced under threat of death by either myself or my co-host to watch this film? And the right answer is no. Um... I go with no. Correct. 100%. Okay. Um, When did you first encounter this musical, either on stage or on screen? Oh, gosh. I think I was in high school um, because, you know, theater comes up. But of course. Yes. And I think we sang a bunch of these songs in choir, too. Mm. But, you know. As one does. Did you yeah. ever, like, step clap while you were singing them? Goodness, no. I was going to say, Phantom is not really a step clap, <laughs> no. but I've never seen that stop any choir director before. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was a medley of just mm. all, all, all the big numbers. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, you mentioned the musical numbers there. What is your favorite musical number in this film? I mean, there's so many to choose from. I know. Because it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Les Mis. But it's more of like a half-assed... It's a hot-ass operetta, because yeah. there is dialogue. Yes. And a lot of dialogue, compared to Lame Is, which has, like, two lines of dialogue. Right, but this one bounces back and forth even more, I would yes. say. So, like, out of the thousands of songs that are on the soundtrack, I think this is the Phantom soundtrack is, like, one of the ones that's split up into two discs, mm-hmm. because it just could not fit. No. I mean, no. there's so many bops, but mm-hmm. I, I would have to say probably, like, Masquerade is up Ooh. there. Good choice, good choice. That one, or, like... All I ask of you, also, because like I would love someone to sing that to me. The original or the reprised? The yeah, Raoul, Raoul's. Yeah. Okay, okay. Not the, Why not the vengeful. The reprise because it's really powerful. It's a great reprise. It is. It's like the most heartbroken. Just like, uh, you will curse the day, the day you did not do yeah. all that the Phantom asked, asked of you. you. God, I love rhymes. <laughs> gorgeous i'd say it's actually the second best reprise on broadway really yeah the first of which is obviously i'll cover you from rent sung at the wedding of uh, or, not that not the, the, the wedding f- oh no the, <laughs> the, funeral, <laughs> the funeral 
of, of Angel. Um, so, yeah. Allie, welcome. We're excited to have you. Adam, yeah. it's also important to note mm-hmm. that this is our first ever wine and cheese. Yes! It's our Moscato's and Movie Musicals Moscato's and Movie Musicals. Yes, this, um, yeah, this might be a, a tipsy episode. We'll see where, where we'll things see. go. This is not, this is, it might be a little bit more risque than your other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is gonna be fun. It's yeah. exciting. Gotta keep things fun, funky, and fresh during, uh, global pandemics. Yeah? We do, yes. So let's get into the numbers about this movie. So, God, that is bad wine. It's just not good. It's not good. <laughs> uh, so... Stage Rant brought to you by Franzia. <laughs> Stage Rant is brought to you by Franzia. Are you looking for a nice, cool, crisp wine to sit and drink in college with your friends while listening to cool Spotify playlists? Franzia. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so this movie had a budget of $70 million dollars. Um, it had an opening uh, weekend in the U.S. of $4,1,890, and this, uh, like many musicals we've talked about on this podcast so far, this was kind of a Christmas musical. This came out... Close enough. ...on what in the U.K. is called Boxing Day, or the day after Christmas, uh, December 26th. Uh, uh, the gross domestic product of this, or not gross domestic product... The made. USA gross was. Yes, was $51,268,815, and worldwide it grossed $154 million, uh, so it definitely made its made back its budget. So, kind of. So, kind this of. is something we haven't talked a lot about in this podcast, because mm-hmm. this isn't strictly a movie podcast, but like mm-hmm. when you when you figure the actual budget of a movie, you have to take mm-hmm. into account that the, the budget that's released only accounts for how much money went into the actual production of the movie. Mm-hmm. Marketing, however, costs right. a lot of money, and mm-hmm. the and the usual formula is that the total cost for a movie is its budget times two. Yep. So technically, with a, a, a original budget of seventy million, we're looking at a budget of or a total budget, including marketing, of around probably guesstimated one hundred and forty million. Yeah. So this wasn't a box office. Oh no. This I no. It, it wasn't great. No. Um. But, I mean, who wants to watch, like, of all the movies that you could go see on Christmas, like Mary Poppins Returns. Day after. Day yeah, after Christmas. Day after Christmas. Like, close <laughs> enough, right? Yeah. Like, because you're still not back at work. You're still in right. home, so it's still kind of quote-unquote Christmas. Yeah. Um, like, why would you go see a movie musical as sad as Phantom of the Opera? It's not an uplifting one. Oh, God, no. It's about a deformed child who lives in the basement <laughs> of a theater makes an ungodly amount of money and sexually harasses a literally 17-year-old girl who yeah. is originally supposed to be 16 in, yeah. in, in the actual musical. Yes. Um, so, like, I don't know. Am I going to take Gram, like Gam Gam to go see this <laughs> on the day after after Christmas? No. I don't know. I think not. I'm just going to watch Die Hard again. Yeah. That's a much more family-friendly film anyway. So, uh, but before we get to the 2004 movie... Um, this, this movie and this musical, I think based on the source material has had more adaptations than any other story in modern history. Um, the original book released in 1910 by Gaston Bureau, um, a very French man. No one (laughs) writes like Gaston. (laughs) So did you just snort Francia? I'm so sorry. (laughs) So Gaston Bureau. Uh, was originally supposed to be a lawyer, um, but he gambled away his inheritance and then became a reporter for a French newspaper called the Echo de Paris. Um, and in this uh, newspaper, he basically released 
a serialized version of this story, which he called the Phantom of the Opera. Um, now, serialized versions of stories are no, nothing new. Charles, a lot of Charles Dickens' books were also released this way, where basically it's like, here's chapter one and two this week. Wait for the next week for chapter three and four. Um, this was based off an actual event that happened at the Paris Opera House, where a ballerina was found dead backstage. No one knows who killed her to this day. Um, mm. And Gaston was like, mm, let me tell you, there's some creepy guy living in the basement, and he he did it. And this is the story of the Phantom of the Opera. Um, the original book has a lot more uh, characters. Uh, we do have our main cast here from the movie. We have Eric, um, which is the name of the Phantom of the Opera. Christine, well, not set in the movies. Not set or in the movie. In the, even, the, even in the musical, yes. no. Yep. Uh, but the Phantom's name is Eric. With, with a K. With a K. Mm. Um, Christine Daae, uh, the Vicomte Raoul de Chani. Um, the, in the book, there's also a character called the Persian. This book was kind of racist. Uh, the Persian was like the Phantom's BFF, who was like, let me tell you about this crazy guy in the basement. Um, and Raul, another complicit character. Another complicit character. Uh, Raoul had an older brother in the book. Um, uh, Andre and Fearman, the managers, are still the same. Madame Jury is still the same. Meg is still the same. Um, there are two characters who were the previous managers named Debienne and Poligny. Uh, Carlotta and um, Christine actually has like a mother figure in the book of Madame Valerius. Um, but neither, none of those people show up in this. Um, so that was basically the book. Um, the story is pretty much the same. It's a lot more action, a lot more horror elements to it. Um, the fan is a lot more deformed than he is in this movie. Yeah, like he's. Let's, let's talk about that for like a quick hot second. Yeah, like he doesn't look. He's not that bad. Awful. No. Right. Like. Like it's a little lumpy, but like it's not. It's, <laughs> it's not horrible. There's about twenty percent more bumps than I would like to see, but like just a mild disfigurement. <laughs> It's honestly worse in the stage production where you can, like, see his brain. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a hole in his skull on stage. Yeah, because, like, the mask goes up, like, a little bit further. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, covers, like, part, most of Most his of his head. Like, yeah. But, like, in the movie, he has phenomenal hair. The mask is a lot smaller yeah. in the movie compared to the stage production where his, like, his lips deform. There's, like, scars on his face. You can see his brain poking through his skull. It's very gross. How is that healthy? It's not. It's not. Neither is living in the sewers of Paris. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. And so that's basically the book. Then we move on to the first major adaptation of the story, which was the 1925 silent film starring Lon Chaney. Um, or as there's been many books and documentaries made about this actor, um, his nickname was The Man of a Thousand Faces. He was famous for doing his own makeup. Um, allegedly, his makeup for The Phantom of the Opera was so terrifying that the ushers in movie theaters in the 20s had to have uh, smelling salts. You familiar with smelling salts? All the time. All the time. I'm just huffing that shit. Um, (laughs) And they had to have smelling salts because women were fainting in their seats from the disfigurement that Lon Chaney portrayed in the original Phantom of the Opera where his whole face is deformed as opposed to the side of his face. And we get to why only half his face is deformed in the musical. Um, That was the first major film adaptation. Uh, And the only other adaptation I want to talk about before we get to the movie is a 1974 rock musical called The Fan of the Paradise, which is a Paul Williams musical. Paul Williams also wrote all the music for the Muppets movie, including the Rainbow Connection, so you can thank Paul Williams for that. Like the new Muppets or like the OG Muppets? OG Muppets. Okay. I was going to say, because like Life's a Happy Song is a bop. Yeah, no, this is OG Muppets. Like moving right along, Rainbow Connection, okay. you know, all that stuff. Um, but this was basically a rock modern version of 
the Phantom of the Opera set in a rock opera house called The Paradise. It's a trip and a half, I'll tell you that. You can find it on YouTube. It's very weird. It's very strange. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, it's a minor version of like Rocky Horror. Like it has a cult following, <laughs> but like it's not that good compared to Rocky Horror. Clearly not. I've never heard of it. Yeah. So, um, so now you have. Uh, so go check out Phantom of the Paradise if you want to. Um, but then we get to... I don't to, think I will. It's fine. Uh, the 2004 film is where we're landing now. Um, starring uh, Miss Emmy Rossum as Christine, Gerard Butler as the Phantom. Um, those are the two big characters there. So, um, so some of the characters that were were cons- or some of the actors and actresses that were considered for these roles. Mm-hmm. I think this was fascinating. Yeah. So originally considered for Christine Daae were <laughs> the one and only Keira Knightley, uh, mm-hmm. Kate Winslet, and also Anne Hathaway. But Anne Hathaway was too busy filming, you guessed it, The Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement. <laughs> yes. And... Which, God, I wish we could cover on this podcast, but mm, mm. unfortunately, no. Yeah. Um, and then The Phantom, considered for The Phantom, were Hugh Jackman. That would make sense. But he was too busy filming the box office critical success, Van Helsing. Oh, no. <laughs> and also, Kevin Spacey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray, how brave. Like, can you imagine <laughs> Kevin Spacey as the Phantom of... my dungeon of a black despair. <laughs> He's doing the, the accent. He's doing the accent. Now we plunge to the prison of my night. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing his god-awful accent from House of Cards. His, his, oh my god. Frank Underwood is the his Phantom. Frank, <laughs> just like, all I can see is him from House of Cards, but with a mask and just like a, the longest cape. <laughs> <laughs> It's long enough to match his ego. Like, it, it's got a six-foot trail on it. Oh, he has, like, footmen who carry his coat everywhere he goes. Yeah. So do we like our casting that we ended up with? I don't know. So here's here's the thing about this movie. This movie has been in production, or originally was in production since 2002, but talks of it were happening around, like, 1989. And that was three years after the Broadway and West End success of this uh, Broadway musical. Um, oh, you know who else wanted to be? The Phantom of the Opera? Who else? Michael Jackson. Oh! Sorry, I forgot about that one. That little fun tad bit of history. Yeah, so our options for the Phantom were Gladiator. <laughs> uh, Russell, or not Russell Crowe. Uh, um, Hugh Jackman. Uh, Wolverine. Wolverine. Uh, and Frank Underwood. <laughs> and Michael Jackson. Wow. And He truly Michael would have Jackson. been the man in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the only reason why he's like... Let me tell you, I think if we do this, it's going to be perfect. That's why they smash the mirrors at the end. <laughs> it's to just to get back on Michael Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> the production of this film had been in talks since 1989, again, three years after. Finally got a production in 2002, and Andrew Lloyd Webber wanted Joel Schumacher to direct this movie. He's like, this is my guy. I want him to direct my movie version of Phantom of the Opera. Now, Joel Schumacher, for those of you who aren't familiar with his work, you probably are, because he directed the two worst Batman films ever made. Mm. Following Tim Burton's Batman and Batman Returns, Joel Schumacher directed Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, which were the cringiest movies you'll ever see. They're not good. They're really cringy. Allie, do you like Batman? I mean, what do you have against the Bat Nipples? The Bat Nipples are a power move. And the Bat (laughs) credit card? Just stop. (laughs) No. No. No, no, no. My favorite Batman is by far Christian Bale, so... 
But which guys. which one of Christian Bale? Yeah, like which of the so um, you have Dark Knight Mercury? Returns, right? You have no Dark Knight. Dark Knight. You have, Dark wait, Knight. no, sorry, you yeah. have Batman. Batman Returns. Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Dark Knight. Dark Knight Returns. Oh, probably yes. Dark. Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Dark, is Dark Knight the best. The second wait, one. There's is, three, right? There's three. Yeah. yeah. The Whatever the middle one. Trilogy. Not Begins and not Returns. The Joker. The one with the Joker that. and Two yes. Face. Yeah. I I still love his voice. I really do. It's like. These aren't hockey pads. Like, <laughs> yeah. the first Batman I ever saw, so it really mm. just stuck with me. That's fair. Nothing but, else does it for me. But I, I don't know. You mentioned bat nipples as you drop cheese all over yourself. <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> like, are you more of a fan of the Christian Bale Batman or, or George Clooney Batman? No, Batman I mean, I nipples. Swear on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. it's explicit. George Clooney. Like, no. Okay. okay. Christian Bale. Okay. okay. But he's kind of an ass on set. Yeah. Care. Have you have you heard of it? What, do you say you don't care? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he yelled at the catering crew. There's this whole recording and everything. Look it up on YouTube. Terminator That's Genesis. Not my it's crazy. Yeah, Terminator Genesis. Of all sets to lose your cool on. Yeah. Terminator Genesis. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, digress. So, so also Joel, Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher, the director, also passed away a few weeks ago, actually, at the age of eighty one on June twenty second. Um when he died, his obituary on the news that I watched was the director of two Batman films and other great successes. And I was like, you didn't mention Phantom of the Opera. Mm. Mm. Kind of telling. Yeah. Perhaps. Per snaps. Per snaps. <laughs> and he also directed the other big movie you might have heard of is The Lost Boys. That was a 1980s vamp- vampire romance movie. Um, so, yeah. Um, that's our director for this film. So let's jump on into the film. Yeah, let's just hop into the stage rant, shall we? So, like... So this movie does something that perplexes me. What is that? It it has these weird intermittent black and white scenes. I don't like them. And so, like... The, I don't either. Allie, do we like the black and white scenes? It doesn't make sense. So when, when you see something that's black and white, you think... What? It's old. The it's past. old. The past. No. So, like, with mm-hmm. the, the movie inter inner places like these like little black and white sequences that let's be honest don't really do anything to advance the story and the only one of these that actually existed in the stage production was the opening so you have the mysterious man in the wheelchair come to an auction at this rundown decrepit opera house Mm -hmm. um and he he's purchasing things he's considering purchasing things Mm -hmm. and like but the movie opens and it's black and white so you're like wait so this is the past and then and the coolest mic drop in, I would yeah. say, Broadway musicals is mm. the, like, perhaps, like... We shall frighten so, away the ghosts of so many years ago with a little... Illumination! Gentlemen! So it's really cool, but then, like, the weird thing happens. So they're all in black and white. Yeah. And then, like, as the, as the chandelier raises, which in the stage production, there's actually a chandelier that hangs in the house. Yes. So the house is not... It is where the audience sits. Yeah. Um, so technically you mildly break the fourth wall, but yeah. the chandelier, uh, rises off the stage and then does this really awesome ascension into the house. As the lights flicker on on the As chandelier a, yeah. and it comes to life and you basically took, taken back in time to 1870 where this musical takes place. But then the movie does this thing where it goes from black and white. Now everything's in color, but we're actually before the events that just took place in black and white. And right. I don't understand it. It's kind that of stylistic choice. It's confusing. And what, what confuses me about these black and white sequences, as you mentioned, Joe, is that on the stage production, Angela Weber wrote this overture and this music to this this production, which is so, like, it's still one of the most powerful openings to a musical, I would say. It's the coolest transition. Into it's a so amazing. 
Like, and hello, Book of Mormons is great, but, like, you this, don't have a chandelier flying at you in the audience. Right, and, like... This is not Avatar 3D. Like, right. it is... And I've had the the fortune of seeing this in New York front row and seeing the chandelier, like, come towards me and rise up is... It's astounding. It's amazing. And, like, it makes sense to put this scene... At the start, because if you just opened with that overture with the organ, it'd be like, oh, well, you hit your, you know, your big shot right out of the park. Now what? But by building up to it with the scene, it makes sense. But then the movie keeps going with these flashbacks. Right, and they don't really add anything. And we'll cover them as they pop up. But like, It also so, includes product placement for Swarovski Crystal. Thank you? So yeah, the chandelier was actually... It weighed 2.2 tons in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It was a real-ass a real chandelier designed mm-hmm. by... As you just said, this mm-hmm. this famous like glassware like yeah. create uh, company, mm-hmm. and it cost one point three million dollars. <laughs> and the original chandelier on Broadway had over a hundred thousand hand placed beads in it. The thing's insane, and they're still using it, and they're still replacing beads to this day. This is also worth noting that one of the longest running musicals on Broadway or West End history, ever. Right, and like the music is absolutely. Allie, do we like the music? Most of it. Most of it. Okay. A lot of it's repeats. That's the thing with Andrew Little Musicals is that he'll write four melodies. And they are everywhere. (laughs) In just random places to be like, all right, that's it. I wrote a musical and we're done. And that's enough of that. Yeah. Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. Except not necessarily like smarter because in, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, the music for this was performed by a 105 piece orchestra Mm -hmm. and it sounds like it. Like the music, we've talked about this in the past. My big gripe with Les Mis was that like the music wasn't powerful enough. It wasn't loud enough. And this, it bumps. It punches you in the face. Like it shook my house. Like it it is phenomenal and you can really feel every single piece of that orchestra. So like the, the chandelier rises and as it's happening, we have this nice little montage of like uh, the opera house coming alive. All the cobwebs Mm -hmm. are disappearing and like mm-hmm. we come and we find ourselves at the uh, the rehearsal for, for Hannibal by Chalamet. Yes, which is not a real musical. It's not. It's not you. a real opera. It was it's... uh it was written by Lloyd Webber yes. <laughs> as as a uh, as an opera half. Yeah. Um. And so they're like performing it. Stuff's happening, and like we meet our new uh, theater managers because the old one is moving to australia as one does and also in the musical he goes to austria i don't know why they made it farther away in the movie i think it's just the way of being like he's going as far away from like you cannot reach this guy anymore also i don't know how he has enough money to travel there because of one thing we'll talk about here in a hot second right because also he has some dependents (laughs) has some dependents and also in 1870 you wouldn't want to go to australia it was that's where prisoners were that's where the british prisoners go (laughs) so like why would you like i'm gonna go kangaroos and spiders that want to murder you and you're not wrong and also just murderers like Like, australia is fascinating i don't know if there's an australian musical that we can talk about at some point but like everything it's a beautiful oh my gosh it's a gorgeous gorgeous. country but everything there wants to murder you it's every animal it's the only country and continent combo that you get in the world so like it's not like cool it's not like you can walk up to a kangaroo in the outback and be like i want to hug this kangaroo no he's gonna kick you in the heart and you're gonna die it will kill you yes you will be dead was that worth it kangaroo jack (laughs) so anywho 
So he's going to Australia, and we meet our new uh, our new managers, uh, mm-hmm. Andre and uh, Fearman. Fearman, uh, they are scrap metal men. Scrap metal men. <laughs> I, they good for them. Good for them. I, good good for them. I suppose. Which also, I don't recall this being in the musical. They, I think, they added their profession in the movie only. So in the musical, it's just like these two guys own it now. But in the movie, they're like they own it now. Because they sold scrap metal. Because they sold scrap metal. Which also, the old manager's like, they made their business, they made their money in the junk business. And Andre's like, um, <clears throat> scrap metal. Scrap metal. Get it right, please. So, so they're like rehearsing, mm-hmm. and the the main lead, the 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 diva, the, the, prima, the donna. prima donna, if you will, yes, uh, is is singing, and things are not going well. I, no. Like it is is indicated by you have people cleaning out uh, in the house and they're putting in like earplugs when she starts singing. Mm. What, uh, Allie, what are your thoughts on Miss Carlotta Giudicelli? Do we like Carlotta? Okay, I love her, but I also don't love her because she is just like the queen of sass and mm. confidence. Yes, like she knows what she wants, and but she at knows the same who she time, is. She's not that great. Like no. she, mm-hmm. she can like hit some notes, but like, <laughs> yeah, she's just very obnoxious. Yes, and kind of just like high maintenance. Yeah. Would you drop a fly on her if you could? <laughs> I mean, if the opportunity arose, like, <laughs> <laughs> if all I had to do was release the bearing, like that would yeah, be like, oh, whoops. <laughs> For those of you who are not familiar, a fly space is the space above a stage which holds components of the sec that can be flown in known as flies. So there are like backdrops mm-hmm. uh, and Les Mis, the bridge that Javert jumps off is part of the fly space, mm-hmm. etc. So like yeah. someone tries to murder <laughs> yeah. Carlotta. We have, an, we have an attempted homicide okay. in the first five minutes. I don't think she would die. She would probably oh, be like seriously she would, she She'd would, be dead. She would die. <laughs> she gets half crushed by it in the movie. But she like moves forward and she only gets hit by the the drapery so the which the, is like heavy but it's not gonna kill you heavy but the drapery is attended uh, attached to a bar a metal steel beam right that would have killed her yeah so which leads me into uh, no first first things first so they're like oh my gosh what could have happened and people are like it's the phantom it's the phantom it's the phantom right and the new managers are like what the hell is this i love my, <laughs> my one of my there's a lot of like singular lines in this movie that are so funny to me where i think fearman goes good God, you're all obsessed. Yep. And just like walking, like imagine taking over a business and like, say it's an accounting firm, going over <laughs> the producers and like a light goes out and they're like, oh my God, it's the Phantom of the Accountant Building. And you're like, what the fuck? What really? The There's a ghost that like haunts? We're okay. going to need a culture change around here. Yeah, let's, okay, let's do some team building and you know, <laughs> let's, let's work on some stuff here. Really? A Phantom? All right. What did I sign on for? Right. And like, well, also we mentioned Carlotta, but I also want to talk about another kind of secondary character, which is Piangi, who is this fat Italian tenor who doesn't know how to say the word Rome. I guess because, you know, he's Italian. He grew up in the South. He grew up in the South of Italy and he, he says Roma. But here we say Rome. He's in Sicily. Yeah. He was getting kicked by Italy the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> is he supposed to be her husband? I don't know what the relationship is and it's, it's never talked about. It's like a love interest. It's either a love interest, it's either a love interest, they're married, or... They're just BFFs. They're just like BFFs. Yeah, like, it's like ride or dies. Right. Like, because when she leaves, he's also like, ah, Matos, and he walks out. Yeah. We love a good showman. He's instantly out there. So, like, 
they're like, what is this phantom character? And they're like, oh, well, <laughs> the head, like, choreographer, I guess, she's kind of, like, in charge. The ballet director. The ballet director. What's her name again? Madame Jury. Madame Jury. So she's Which, just, is also, she... if I may, real quick, everyone in this mu- musical, and in the same introduction, has a British accent. As most musicals set in France have British accents, I don't know why. But of course. But of course. Les Mis is the same, is guilty of this as well. But Madame Jury in this film is also very French. And she just like very casually throws out. She's just like, oh yeah, that's the Phantom. You're going to have to pay him 20,000 francs a month. Okay, back to rehearsal. And they're like, wait, one moment. What is this? Now also, Joe, you did the calculations. How much is 20,000 francs in 1870 so today? Here's where things get a little wacky. So if you were to convert <laughs> 20,000 francs a month to today, Adam, that's around $500,000 a month. Also known as $6 million a year. So, like, as we get into this, and if you've never seen Phantom, or maybe you have seen Phantom, and you're like, how did he purchase a horse? Like, how does he buy any of this stuff? It's because he's pulling in, he's raking in a seven-figure salary from squatting. On- how do I do, like, how do I do this? On top like, of- what is, why, why am I pursuing a career when not- I could go haunt a movie theater? <laughs> not only- I'm gonna go haunt an AMC. <laughs> Not only that, he gets the best seat in the house yes. just for free. Yes, he's like, which, you will pay me 20,000 francs and give me... Box five. Box five. Which also, we never see him in box five. Isn't that where they always put Raoul? Like, isn't he always just chilling in box five? It is, they, and that's why they hate... That's why he hates Raoul. That right, because they're, like, I mean, hidden on his other Yeah, the, the managers and Raoul take box five away from the Phantom, which, in the musical... Or I think in the book, it's talked about the box five has, like, the best acoustics... <laughs> In the opera house, so it's like, this is where we're going to get the mm, peak, peak audio, right. peak sonic experience here. So, like, they very quickly, like, Madame Sherry's just like, yep, you have to pay him this amount of money, give him that best, you know, box in the house, et cetera. And they're like, wait, what? So, Allie, because you're a guest, we have our first mini game that I, I don't know if we'll be able to replicate in other shows because none of them do Stockholm Syndrome just as well as the Phantom does. Mm-hmm. But we're going to play a mini game called Heartthrob or Horrifying. Ooh. So the Phantom does a lot of stuff throughout this that, like, <laughs> listen, I don't necessarily think would, like, tingle my bits, but, like, <laughs> would I. So the game is Heartthrob or Horrifying. So as we go through, every once in a while, I'm going to be like, okay, Allie, Heartthrob or Horrifying. And you're going to tell me whether or not this action the Phantom has taken for Christine Daae. Makes him a heartthrob or goddamn horrified. <laughs> I'm telling you now, probably almost all the answers are going to be horrified. Well, so bear with me here. So like, <laughs> so you hit right now. His att- him dropping the fly on on Carlotta. on Carlotta lands you the star role in an opera as a 17 year old. Heartthrob or horrifying? You make an excellent point. <laughs> you are a background ballet dancer who your only claim to fame is that your dad was a famous violinist. But he's he, dead. And he's dead now. So, like, you got nothing to ride on. Like, Heartthrob or horrifying? Yeah. Uh, There's no middle ground. You must choose. Oh you can't say it's heart-throbbingly horrifying or horrifyingly heart-throbby. Like, you have to pick. Because, like, if I had to pick, I would say hard pass. But, like... Mm, no. Okay, but, like, if someone did that, if they were just like, you know what... I want you to succeed. I'm going to kill the person standing in your way. But they've way. never talked like, to you. They've not approached you. They've sung to you. But no, like, they have, because they taught you to sing. That's true, they taught even, you to sing. Even better, I don't have to do anything for them. They just love me for no yes. reason. Because you, 100%, you, like, you have yeah, an angel. It. It's Heart. the easiest sugar daddy you could ever have. <laughs> <laughs> he expects nothing in return. 
Yeah. And he only wants you to be the star. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Heartthrob for that one. Okay. Right. Starting off with heartthrob. We're at one heartthrob. Zero horrifying. Zero horrifying. <laughs> at this point, I don't know much else about him. You know. Like, but you said heartthrob, so we he's keep just it. a voice that you've heard <laughs> in the chapel, and that's all you know. But he's a heartthrob right now. So then, like Christine gets the role, yep. um, and so she sings "Think of Me." Do we like "Think of Me"? I like oh, "Think of Me." "Think of Me" is good. It's, it's good. Fine. Like it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear a rendition of Think of Me sung all the way through by Carlotta. Oh, God. Because, like... You'd blow your speakers. I can't even fathom it, because Christine sings so differently that it sounds like a normal song, Mm -hmm. and, like, not even really that much of an opera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if Carlotta did it, which is why different. Which is why I think I like Christine Daae so much, is because I hate opera. And so her singing is the closest I'm going to get to normal singing. Yeah. And like, as opposed to an actual opera. Have you actually attended an opera? I have. And here's... What did you see? I'm just curious. God if I know. So like, (laughs) that's the thing with opera, right? Like, God forbid if it's actually an Italian opera, because then you're hearing, like, so I took, I took high school Italian and then college Italian. So like... I know basic concepts of the language. Mm-hmm. However, that doesn't mean that I can blindly attend an Italian opera and understand what's going on. Right. So, like, imagine just sitting in a room and having people, like, scream Italian at you for, like, three hours. And the mm-hmm. whole time you have no concept of what's going on. Not, Welcome to the opera. Not to mention <laughs> opera is just this very weird, like, there's Italian opera... There's German opera. There's French opera. How like, is there German opera? I don't know. It's like the Mo- ugliest language in the Mozart world. Mozart wrote it. <laughs> of course he I did. I feel like that would keep you awake, though. You That's know? true. Like, Italian could... I mean, Italian has put me to sleep. Like, I saw an Italian opera. Mm-hmm. I literally fell asleep. Like, yeah. I felt... It was Madame Butterfly. I felt I awful. also saw Madame Butterfly. I literally fell asleep. You're like, like, I have nothing else to do. But, like, German, <laughs> like... Can you imagine, like, dozing off and all of a sudden you just hear, like... The harshest of K's, like, I don't even know a German word, but, like, (laughs) yeah, that that would wake me up. (laughs) Like, the German word for love is Lieben. Yeah. Ich liebe dich. Ich liebe dich. I love you. I love you. God bless the Germans. Uh, So, like, so she performs. Think of me. Think of me. Things go well. Everyone loves her. But, and also, we've we've glanced over a character, and that is the Vicomte de Chani. Or Raoul. So he kind of shows up during He this. shows up. Yeah. Because because when it comes to operas, there are three components you have to have. You have to have the composer. You have to have the manager. And you have to have the producers. Sorry, wrong musical. <laughs> you have to have the patron. And so basically, Fearman and Andre, they run the show. And um, Raoul is the guy who's like, I'm rich. I like the arts. I do we know how he made his money? We don't cool. because he's born into it. I mean, yeah, because he does seem like born. He's into like a it count. Or something. Yeah, he's the count, Count Deshani. Yeah, so um, and so like him and Christine have like a thing, which the what gets me about this movie. But they had a thing when they were like way younger, which perplexes me because they're currently like seventeen. Right. So like, also, did you date old, in middle school? <laughs> how old is Raoul? Like. Because she talks about how when she she came to the opera when she was ten, they say that in this musical like when you were ten, she her father died and I'm like, was she five and six and she's like, <laughs> I remember those rhymes you told me about little Lottie, you know, my father of dolls or pearls or like whatever it is. It's very weird. Anyway, so during Think of Me, Raoul's in box five with the other with the two managers and he's like, he suddenly realizes, oh my god, 
Like, that'd be like going to a Broadway musical and being like, that's the girl I had a crush on one time. What? It's so strange and so weird. Because also, the manager's giving him, like, a look at seeing, like, can it be... Can, can it, it be, be Christine? Christine? Bro! Bro! And the manager's like, no one like, is clapping. Like, like does he just stand up? Like, it's not a clapping moment. She's in the <laughs> middle of a song, and the managers are like, dude, sit the fuck down. Which is the exact opposite of what you do. Like, if you spend a long time being like, do I remember her? And then you finally are like, oh my gosh, that's Allie! Ah! Brother! Like, no, you would go up and be like, hey, do I recognize you? Like, and you'd go, you say that after the show, not like in the middle, like, hey, do I know you? Like, who's that asshole up there? <laughs> I bought season tickets. Yeah. I deserve like, the right to silence. You know Christine can't see anyone in that audience. Oh, no. So she's just like sitting there trying to sing, like, She's like, Hello? Who, who's that asshole? <laughs> Which, like, for those of you who have not performed on a stage... Have, I'm assuming both of you have performed on a stage before? Oh, yes. There's stage lights, yes. Okay, yeah. So stage lights, you can't see the audience. Like, maybe you can see, like, the front row, but, like, beyond that, it's just dark because lighting. So, like, him doing brava is just, like, being a dick in the in the opera. Like, dude, shh, quiet. Anyway. It's like sorry. in the middle of a song, someone, like, whistling, and you're like, why? Like, Right, no and reason. it's not like it's, like, a long note, or it's, like, a particularly high note that they hit, where it's, like... She's just oh, singing. She's just, she's like, think just of singing. me, think of me for... Brother! And you're, like, dude, sit down, please. Yeah. Uh, so, she does really well. People are giving her flowers. She did great. Mm. She goes back... Or, uh, she goes to, like, a small chapel uh, to pray for her father, who died uh, many moons ago. Um, I mean, and, it was like, really not many moons. It was only seven it's only seven years. <laughs> Which also, something they added in this mu- in this movie that they don't have the musical is Carlotta has like, she has Pianji, which she has in the musical, but also she's got like a little entourage. Her like, entourage. Like the guy with like the streak of pink in his hair and the two other women, like the costumers and her makeup artists and like her vocal coach, I guess. Like her vocal coach runs out in the middle of the opera and is like, listen, Christine is like fucking To like killed. a carriage. So like Carlotta's sitting in a carriage. She's like parked outside. Yeah. She's like, she's parked in the Uber lane, and one of her cronies runs out, and she's like, she's doing really well, and Carlotta's like, damn! And she faints into Pianji's arms, which is hysterical. You had something to say about that? Another reason I pity Carlotta is because, like, anyone that was ever involved in theater can relate. But if you're, like, someone that's done it for a couple years, and yeah. say, like, for example, it's like your senior year of high school. Like, it is your time to shine. Right. And some bitch-ass freshman <laughs> comes in. Or, like, some, someone that has never done theater before comes mm-hmm. in and, like, steals the starring role from yeah. you. Yeah. You would be pissed. I would yeah. also be pissed because she stole my role because of an assassination attempt. <laughs> I'd be like, this is a load of bull. Like, if Christine was, like, like known for her good voice like it's only she kind of is people know that she sings well this was really like a gamble that they took on a random girl and they're like she can do it like like, the ballet director who does not deal with the vocals is like christine day could do it sir she can sing it and they're like the fuck a ballet girl and everyone's like in for a penny and for a pound let's (laughs) give this a try yeah and so carlotta finds out she did really well she's upset um and then so then then Christine goes to a chapel to pray to her dead father. Then we're introduced to Meg, which I'll be honest, I don't care about. She doesn't do anything. She does not advance the plot. Her only purpose is to let you know when the Phantom of the, the Opera is here. Yeah, he's here. And you're like, okay, I, 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 I know, I saw him. He's right over there. 
And she's like, oh, okay, sorry. And then she goes away. Which so, also, like, in this movie, the Phantom makes himself way more visible to the public than he does in the musical, where <laughs> he's just, an, like, a disembodied voice. But the movie, he's straight up just like, hey, I'm up here. I'm up here. Hi. Hi, it's me, Yo. the Phantom. <laughs> and no one does anything about it. Except Joseph Bouquet, but we'll get to him in a moment. So, like, she prays to the dead father. She goes back to her dressing room. She meets Raul, and they're like, Oh my gosh, we loved each other in the seventh grade! And everything's great. They're like, Oh my gosh, like, I'll get my horse and carriage. Like, we'll go for a ride or something. We're going to dinner. Yeah, okay. He's like, We're going to go to dinner. And she's like, Okay! And then he's like, okay, I'll go get my horses. He's really excited. She's not really like, okay. She's like, no, 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 I can't. I, I can't. <laughs> I have other engagements. Because like, one line they cut that I think is really critical to this story, the broader version, is she's like, Raul, I can't. He closed the door and she says, things have changed. They cut that in this movie. Which pisses me off. Sorry, I'll get so, off my So, like, he, go, he goes and gets his horses. And then, like, we start hearing, like... The first line we hear from the Phantom is literally him just dissing Raoul. He's well, just no, like he, the first time we hear from him is saying, "Oh, bravo!" In the chat, he's like, "Bravo, bravo, bravi, like you, Sima. like great, great. You are wonderful, like very good. You did, you did <laughs> great, it, great, 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 very good." Is the direction. And then he the comes show. in and it's like this, like slam poetry diss of yes. Raoul, and then he's like, "Insolent boy, this slave of." Ali, would you consider yourself a slave of fashion? No. Okay. <laughs> but, like, if I was the Phantom, and all I had seen of Raoul was him in the audience shouting in the middle of the song. Yeah. And, and also, him yelling at Christine that they're going to go to dinner, and she was like, no, I can't. And he's like, no, it's fine, we're going to go. And she's like, no, 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 I can't. And he's like, no, we're going to go. Come on, let's go. Right. And she's clearly pushy. saying, like, Mm, nah, bro. Like, that's please. not a verbal, like, verbal. That's yes. not consent. That's not consent. And yeah. Like, no, we're gonna go. It's fine. Yeah. Like I would also. If I was the angel if, of music, I'd too. Be I would kind of be like, who is this? Like, but I wouldn't call like, him a slave of fashion. Like the only thing about oh, Raoul no. that's like particularly fashionable is his hair. He looks yeah. like the animated version of the Prince Beast in the yes. Disney movie. Yeah, like like not as ugly, but like like the human version of the Beast. Yes. Yeah, that's Raoul. More importantly, I would argue, for the off chance that anyone listening to this knows sports. Um, <laughs> doubtful. <laughs> doubtful. <laughs> Raul's, whoever plays him, I forget the actor, he looks exactly like the former Clemson quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Which I could not get over. They are literally identical. I'm going to yeah. pull it up on Snap because I sent it to a couple people the other day. But they, like, I, I recognized it when I rewatched it, because I don't care about Clemson. Like, yeah. who cares about Clemson except most of the sporting community? And so, but, like, every time I watch this now, I'm like, is the douchebag Trevor Lawrence? But is Raul a douchebag? Kinda? He's not not? <laughs> okay, I can oh, see it. It's him! I can see it. It's can, him! I mean, Raul's nose is a little thinner than Did you Trevor's? not watch the playoffs? I, National I College you football. You say that too. as if we watch football. I don't watch sports. <laughs> Am I the only person here that does? Okay, it's fine. It's fine. So he looks like Trevor Lawrence. Um, and so like the the Phantom comes in and he's just like, "Insolent boy, the slave of fashion." He starts raining on, and Christine's like, "Nah, it's fine." And then the Phantom's like, "But I'm your angel of music," and she's like, "Ah, oh, shit, you're right." And he's like, "If you want to see my face, look in the mirror." So he has a double way mirror, which I did not know was a thing mm-hmm. in 1870. It wasn't. A it thing. wasn't a thing That's in 1870. Is that even a thing now? That's just a window. Like, no, double sided window. She, she sees him through the mirror, though. Like, have you ever seen NCIS? If you light the back of a two way yeah. mirror, you can see through it. Yeah. Have you seen it's like a paint. police interrogation scene? 
It's Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, so like usually, so there's the two rooms. There's the interrogation room and then there's the observation room. The observation room always has to have the lights off because if the lights are on, then it essentially serves as a, as a two, as a window. As a, as a window, yeah. Yeah, okay. But because there was, the Phantom apparently cued his lighting guy behind him to illuminate him so that he could. Which in the book, which in the book would be the Persian, but he's cut from this musical. Right, because. I guess it's just Something. one of the magic floating wall arms that he yeah. summons. Movie so, magic. Movie yeah. magic. So, like, the Phantom is there, and he's like, I am your angel of music. Come uh, come to your angel of music. And she's like, ha, okay. And so, Which, it's <laughs> weird, because he says, come to me, I am your angel of music. And then he says, come to me, angel of music. So, for him, Christina's his angel of music. Right. But he's her angel of music, and they're angels of music together. And it's kind of cute. So, then we have our second great bass drop we have the introduction of the song uh Mm -hmm. roll credits the phantom of the opera yes and so like there's a lot that happens in this scene there's some heavy electric guitars there isn't it (laughs) it's amazing if this came on at the club like (laughs) i'd be dancing right i'd like yeah it's not a band show (laughs) electric band show and so like there's a lot it's it's super metal it's probably the most metal musical i've ever seen because, like, you have musicals that try to be metal, but this one is, like, the most unintentionally metal. Yeah. So, like, he walks, he leads her down the hallway behind this mirror that has always been in her dressing room. And yeah. Which in, Tom match? Like, which, like, in the Broadway version, it, like, clearly slides away. Yeah. And he's there. It's more mystified in this version. No yeah. pun intended. But, like, it's shown as more magic. Maybe he drugged her because we get the floating, like... She does appear to be high. I'll be honest. Like, she has this, like, gobstruck look on her face. She's just kind of like... <gasps> However, <laughs> that's no different from the rest of the movie. Correct. She just does literally anything anyone asks of her. She's just kind of like, okay. Okay. It's so part worth, of the wonder, like, it's, it's worth it's, noting that everyone, everyone in this musical is an idiot they are not smart the phantom is the <laughs> only person who's kind of smart and even then he's also kind of an idiot so uh, in christine Dye's defense in the defense of christine Dye, is <laughs> is she looking like this is she acting like this because up until this point she thought that the phantom was the ghost of her dead father I don't and now know. she's seeing a physical form i don't think so i think that she mentions to meg that her father told her... Or an angel that her father sent her. Is yes, that why she's that like her? She's just like, oh, you're real! Like, like, her father told her, the angel of music will always be with you. Mm-hmm. So for her, it's kind of like, here's the guardian that my father sent me. And, like, we could get into, like, the history of angels, but that's, like, a whole other conversation entirely. I, I could really see good. a 10-year-old believing that, like, when their dad dies, but she is, like... She's 17. She's 17. Like, she should know, like, this corporeal figure. That just appeared in Good her mirror. Choice. Yeah. Thank you. Um, nice. Did you go to college? <laughs> wow, I was an English major. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like he just appears, and she's like, "Yeah, totes an angel." Like, yeah. let's go. Like, and also later on in the musical, which we'll get to, she also mistakes the Phantom for being her dad, and it's clearly the Phantom. But you know, so they do. Whatever. They do like all the famous stuff. He leads her on the rowboat or in the like gondola, which is really cool. If you've seen the stage production, they just mm-hmm. flood the fa- stage with fog. Iconic. It's it's gorgeous, incredible. Like yeah. it is beautiful. I would recommend you look up uh, the Phantom of the Opera, Norm Lewis, mm. who played uh, Inspector Javert in the 25th anniversary of Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your fave. Yeah, my fave. So he does. Which he was the first, worth... first black Phantom. Yes, and, incredible, and also. 
uh, Cole Wilkinson, who we talked about a few episodes ago, who played the original yep. Javert, was, was also the Phantom. Correct. Uh, so they do the gondola thing. Um, so, Allie, back to heartthrobber horrifying. If a man appeared to you in a window... In your mirror. In your mirror, and said, and come we- with me to my dungeon. He doesn't say that, he just says, come with me. I think I've But it already, turns out to be a dungeon. Horrifying or heartthrob. I think I've already expressed my opinion on it. It's just on the fact that he appears in my mirror. <laughs> horrifying. Because, like, who knows what this man has seen. Correct. Like, True. Like, like it's your dressing room. Like, right. I'm just chilling in there. Like, you know? Yeah. That's my like, relaxation time. That's where I take know? my five. Yeah. Like, this man, he could just he could just be sitting there with popcorn. Like, just, just be like, it, yeah. mm, look at her go. Yeah, it's just like, haha, I am sitting the angel there. of music. <laughs> like, horrifying. Cool, so score, sure. is, score is one to one. Yeah. So they get down to the dungeon, and then he starts singing music of the night. Um, Which, one, one big change here that kind of, again, I don't like this movie. I'm not a huge fan <laughs> Picky, picky, picky. I know. When he sings like, I have brought you to the seat of music's throne. In the musical, he's like banging it an organ. Like, it's so intense. In this one, it's much more sweeter and softer. Mm-hmm. We glazed over their entire journey to get here. R- which, that's <laughs> true. Okay. You, well, you, have, you have the you, arms. Would, would you like to talk about the journey, Allie? Oh, God. Well, this journey. Oh, I forgot about the... Okay, right? You're okay. Right. So this is how <laughs> she begins by going through her mirror, which already is just in itself should Weird. not be a door. Terrifying implications. Um, yeah. She is walking down this hallway, and there are just golden painted hands holding candelabras that are like moving m- out of the moving way, moving out of the way as she's walking down. Which I'm like, the hands really. I'm like. Ugh. Also, I, I would kill to see a behind the scenes of this. Just like and just like outside the set. And you just have like 18 people in a row with just their right <laughs> forearm shoved through the wall holding right. a candelabra. Which like, And cue move arm. There's only two other movies I can think of that include like hands holding shit as like decoration. And that is, well, also Joel Schumacher based this scene off of a 1940s version of Beauty and the Beast. Where the candelabra is this movie just trying to be Beauty and the Beast? Like, it honestly, it kind of is. Tell is hold his time. And like, so there's candelabras holding hands. And the only Stockholm other... Syndrome, I mean. Right, <laughs> yeah. So like the only other movie I can think Patty of. Patty Hearst, the musical. <laughs> Fan of the opera. And like, the only other movie I can think of that has hands as like decoration is the original Willy Wonka where they take their coats, but it's hands on the wall. Terrifying. <laughs> it's a terrifying, first of all, terrifying movie. For kids. And also just like, why in Phantom? But whatever. So anyway. they go through the hallway. Yeah. It takes them like a full three minutes of song to finally mm-hmm. get to his like lair. And part of that is Christine gets on a horse. Yeah. It's far enough that she has to travel by horse. horse. Yeah. And I just feel like this, this poor horse is right. kept... In the, in the basement of the opera. Like right, this, you had likened it, we were talking about this before we started, you likened it to Harry Potter. In Harry Potter and the <laughs> Deathly Hollows, um, I believe part one of the movie, and I'm in the book, you know, towards the middle, um, yeah, part there's one a dragon in Dringotts that is blind because it's been kept in the, the desolate... Basements of Gringotts for years. Can you imagine if the horse is blind and it just keeps bumping Christine into each wall? (laughs) And the Phantom's like, no, 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 no. Like, drops you over here. 
like yeah. it makes it like kind of clear of why the the phantom is cl- holding, holding yep. the horse and is like, okay, let's go, let's go down this little slant, Got like a blind come on. ass horse. I'm like this poor horse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then so they finish the horse journey and then they begin the boat journey. The boat yeah, with journey. the fog, which is where we So like Adam, we were talking about this earlier and you yeah. were like, oh, they're just going down, but we never see them descend really. Well, he goes down like a... It's like a 20-degree slam. <laughs> he goes down a, down a ramp to get to the horse, and then they go down another ramp, which is the same ramp, just shot twice, with the horse at the top. Um, and the horse, if you watch the feet, it's so unsteady. It's like, what the fuck am I doing? Well, because it's Cause blind! It's, blind. <laughs> it's a blind horse. Now, what pisses me off, for things that piss me off about this movie, is in the stage production, when we get to the boat scene, the candelabras in the Phantom Blade rise up, but you're like, oh, there's like a scene transition. Like, that's just cool. But here, lit candles literally come out of the water against Hold on, so all rules of physics. I mean, so, have you Sponge ever Bob seen. Me. <laughs> <laughs> this movie <laughs> operates on SpongeBob logic. <laughs> there can be fire underwater. <laughs> also, have you ever seen History of the World, the Inquisition song? Yeah. The girls that rise out on the menorah have fire upon their heads. <laughs> so we're applying... So Mel Brooks has established... So we're applying Mel Brooks and Spongebob logic to the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, we'll talk about candles more, because... I, I mean, like, I want to know first, it. like... Right, I want to know... Movie-wise. Technically, he did establish it. Technically, part, History of the World Part 1 came out before even the musical came out for Phantom of the Opera. So, fair point. So, like... <laughs> so they go through this grand journey, and you're, like, very clearly in, like, a dungeon at this point. But she's just like, ah, lovely. It's also implied to be, like, the sewers of Paris, yeah. which are disgusting. He, he, they pass Javert. They actually poke his body. <laughs> He's still down <laughs> With there. The it's just like, no, get out of here. The engagement ring he gives Christine is Mary's ring. This is a sequel to, like, this, and no one knew it. Look down. So, like... <laughs> They get to the dungeon, and he starts singing music of the night. And, like, he's just essentially describing his love for her, his mo- mm. his love of music, and how he's taught her to find her voice, mm. etc. Do we want to talk about the Madame Tussauds wax bust of Christine Dyer? Before Dyer's? we get to the bust, <laughs> what are our thoughts of Gerard Butler's singing? Because Listen, I will defend this. I don't it- think it's that bad. It's oh, not clearly as ba- it's two to one. <laughs> okay, it is not as bad as Russell Crowe in Les Mis. That's true. This I swear by That's But, true. like, he would not be cast on oh, Russell Crowe. No. Because the thing no, 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 is, no, Emmy no, Rossum no, no. had, who plays Christine, she had singing experience. Everyone else in this movie has singing experience. And Gerard Butler's like, I don't know how to sing. Retrieve the flag. And, like, it's so weird that, that Joel Schumacher and Andrew Lloyd Webber were like, I don't know, he might could sing, perhaps. We'll teach him how to sing. It's like... So he had actually never taken a singing lesson before. Yeah. Oh, he, that's impressive. Yeah, right. Which that's is true. why I will stand by Butler's performance, because he had never taken a singing lesson before he started his time with Phantom of the Opera, which is pretty freaking impressive. That's true. So he delivers, to, in my mind's eye, a phenomenal performance, considering everything and that he's facing with this. And additionally, it's better than... <laughs> Russell Crowe Russell Crow Chabert. Chabert. And That's one true. thing... Like, Let's be honest. Anything is correct. better than Russell Crowe's Chabert. There's no way to go on! And Car- then like, Carlotta, <laughs> Carlotta would be a better Javert than Russell Crowe. Correct. So true. here, quick mini game. She would commit. <laughs> yeah. Mini game. Music of that as a whole. Horrifying or heartthrob? Um... 
keep in mind that you end with seeing a wax statue of yourself dressed in a wedding gown. Horrifying. (laughs) I still, to this day, cannot rationalize how he was able to procure. He had time. uh, $500,000. This looks like a real human version of Christine. Like wearing a wedding gown and a veil in the depths of the opera. Like, swear. Something they cut out of the movie version of this musical, which they kind of mentioned in the was it Amazon Prime? Did they cut it out? Who was the existence of Jeff Bezos? <laughs> Jeff Bezos, a temporal being. <laughs> he's a vampire. He's been around for a while. So in the book and the original movie, they talk about, and the Persian kind of plays into this, of like, for a while, the Phantom actually worked for the King of Persia, or like, the Sultan of Persia, and he was like, I will design torture dungeons, and like, different crazy ways to kill people. And like, Checked out. In the book, there's the whole emphasis on, like, the Hall of Mirrors, which they allude to with Raoul after the masquerade scene. But, like, yeah. In the 1925 movie, the Phantom tries to kill Raoul in the Persian in, like, basically a human-sized oven. No, oh, It's crazy. So, like, the Phantom... The Phantom is, like, a genius architect, chemist, and, like, designer artist musical genius and so like the phantom is like a jack of all trades but like a true renaissance man which makes it so much more sad that he has such low self-esteem honestly he's like the smartest man in paris next to the like freaking hunchback literally (laughs) put yourself in his shoes would you have high self-esteem if i was the most he literally says no kind words from anyone no one's been nice to this guy how would he know that he's good though he has nothing to compare it to you know because he's only ever done work for himself. But exactly. Okay. Like, how do you know that's, that's good compared it's, to everything It's like else. Spongebob <laughs> being a genius sculptor. I only wish he had watched Scooby-Doo. Because, <laughs> because Wait, then he would have... Bear with me. Okay. Because then he would have understood that in terms of trap making, he's right up there with the mystery gang. Okay, true. Fair. His traps are pretty phenomenal. Like when he almost kills Raul at the end with a descending grate into water, almost drowning him. Mm-hmm. Like, which also pretty impressive. Like, because... if this was Survivor, that grate would have stopped <laughs> at the top of the water. Like, he would have still been able to breathe. Correct. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. Also... But no, it was going to crush him gonna, and yeah. drown him. Like, like... kind of dumb for having, like, the get out of jail free card, like, in the cell with him, but, like, whatever. Anyway. So, like, let's, let's, let's back to Music of the Night. Sing. Yeah, Music of the Night, it happens, it's fine. <laughs> there are so many candles. So many! So, like, and all... Foreshadowing of a fire hazard? Per <laughs> snaps. So, like, and the fire on all of these, the flame is all, like, six inches tall. Does he have propane candles, or are the, is, like, the Phantom sponsored by Woodwick? He's also a chemist. Just like Stage Rant. He's like, made all of these in his little chem lab, which is, like, his meth lab behind where he writes his music. This is also Breaking Bad. So... Also, the more you know. So, like, yeah. that happens. Like, there's not really too much else, I think, to talk in this scene. So then, like, she's disappeared. Christine's gone. And everyone's yeah. just like, oh, cool, we had a hit on our hands, but where'd Christine go? And everyone has received the most petty-ass notes in yeah. the history of ever. Because yeah. the Phantom, on top of being an esteemed playwright, is also a phenomenal writer. My and favorite he's... scene. <laughs> and he's writing these letters being like, to whom it may concern. He knows yeah. who he's writing to. Well, he writes petty letters to his, the manager as being like, listen, it fucks my money. Where is it? Where's my, where's my $500,000, sir? Give me my money. Money, please. He also signs it as the OG, which is 
pretty <laughs> badass if you ask So, like, me. everyone gets these letters, and they all come together, and they're like, did you get this letter? Did you write this letter? I think you wrote this letter, despite them all being signed by the frickin' Phantom. Right, so, like, the managers get like, hey, pay me, bitch. The Raul gets like, listen, don't talk. Back off, sir. Don't talk to my girl. That's my girl. And Carlotta gets a letter that's like, you're done. Your <laughs> career is over in you this town. You are canceled, Carlotta. <laughs> the Phantom, the original... Cancelled culture. Cancel culture. <laughs> and none of them thought that the Phantom wrote it. They're all just like, why did, did you this? send me this letter, Raul? Why'd you send me this letter? Like, Andre? Yeah. Like, is it, is, is it signed, Raul? And so they're all Is it angry. signed, Andre? Like, right, which also, this scene has a really funny, dumb line, which I don't know if this was like a typo on Lloyd Webber's part when he wrote the, the book for this, but Andre Freeman's like, what are we supposed to have wrote, written? The little grammar correction, like, that is a part of every production I've ever seen. Oh, where seen. he's, um, yeah, that's good. And it's just like, okay, that's goofy. Because we've had this very... It's kind of like Little Shop where the guy comes in and he's just like, all right, if you could stop singing for a hot second. Right. <laughs> like, it's a correction on the grammar because the rhyme wouldn't have worked otherwise. Anyway, Lord Weber is also knighted. He's kind of a genius. So they're all, like, did, they're all like, did you write this letter? Obviously I didn't write this letter. And then... Carlotta storms in and she's just like, okay, I quit. Cue Prima Donna. I love this song. Grovel. Grovel, why don't you? <laughs> yeah. Prima Donna is a strong song. It's so good. Because it like starts, it's, it's, it's very like, almost like waltzy. Like mm-hmm. a very slow waltz. It's like Prima Donna. Like it's, it's. It's beautiful, but it ends in this incredible crescendo. It's huge and bombastic, yes. and in the Broadway version, it's much more so because everyone is singing over each other. Yes, you can't hear anyone. It's kind of it's which I will give the movie props for clarifying the song, yeah. so you can hear everyone. Yeah, but it's kind of like the comedic relief ish yeah. kind. This of. This is the funny song. Of this the is show. the funny song because they're like, "Ha, ah, your public needs you. We need you." As they're trying to convince Carlotta. To, like, stick with them. And Which then... is so silly, because they have Christine. Like, they know they don't need her. Why do right. they want her to stay? I think it's out of defiance of the Phantom. Because they're like, this man... Because it's kind of yeah. the thing of, like, whenever you were in high school... Remember, remember high school? Remember, remember high school? school? Like, whenever you read a book for a class, even if it was a good book, you wouldn't read it. You're like, no. I mean, God, no. I'm Except for Joe, who read Les Mis, the unabridged version. Because it's a love story! Okay, nerd. Anyway, like, we talked about that already, but like, whenever you were told, like, you need to read Animal Farm or like read oh, Catcher God. in the Rye. The Scarlet Letter. Yes, like, when you're told. Minigame, minigame, minigame! <laughs> Pick one book that uh-huh. is now required reading for your high school sophomore summer reading The Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> Strong contender, The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. Hunger Games. None of the, not the sequels. Nope. Just, just the, the first Games. one. Not even the prequel? No. <laughs> no, get that shit out of here. It wasn't that bad. It's interesting character development. Allie. Ooh, um, if I had to pick one for our sophomores to read in this 21st century daytime. <laughs> See, like, Scarlet Letter, I didn't read it, but like. <laughs> <laughs> we were the, footnote, the footnotes sounded but right. I feel like, the like the spark notes. Like, yeah. you know, like, wasn't that bad. Okay. 
Same with the, I don't even remember what we were supposed to read because I never read it. I never read them. <laughs> yeah. Did I get B's and A's on the papers? Yes. I'm sorry. Did I my... read the books? No. I'm so sorry to my teachers. Um, I'm going to go with Da Vinci Code, Dan Brown. Okay, that's a good one. Because that's I went to a private Catholic school and they would have been annoyed by mm. Dan Brown's anti-religiosity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did read a book in college that I like actually read like probably like two-thirds of it. Mm-hmm. Not the whole thing, because like who does that? Who reads? Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I no. Remember. I actually read books and, now. And so I'm like, bored. <laughs> in, the, in the same way that we don't want to read those books, we didn't read the Scarlet Letter. I certainly didn't. But like, well, like good message, right? <laughs> Other than the slut shaming, like you know, it's slut like, shaming right. the novel. That's all <laughs> the Scarlet Letter is. But like, think of the merchandising. Huckleberry <laughs> Finn, live your life. That's the message. Racism that is I bad. Know. Also, To Kill a Mockingbird, the same thing. But like, mm. because you're told to read those books, Listen. you don't want to. You don't want to. And their phantoms telling the managers, like, "Listen, you gotta give Christine." They're like, "No, no, we don't wanna." Okay. I wrote. A research paper <laughs> on To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> That's what you get I for read, being in the advanced English course. I read approximately one third of the book. <laughs> like, that's a liberal estimate. Like, mm, mm. Maybe a third of the book. So, Good. like, Prima Donna occurs and, and yeah. Carlotta's like, fine, I'll come. Or she's like, fine, I'll come back. Because she's yeah. Italian, you know. She's very oh, thank Italian. God, she's, this is like two years of Italian correction. Six years, six years of Italian, Italian. That I took. Which also, I like the how you introduce her as La Carlotta. Like, the, the Carlotta. Carlotta. So, like, like she, she's I, am, I am the Adam. So like, she comes, <laughs> so she agrees to come back, and then we move into what, like, turns into, like, the fun, like, punked part of Phantom, where he just does some fun little pranks. Yeah. So, like, so Carlotta we, has this, like, throat Steve juice. Yes. So, so we have this production, this, new, this this other opera, called Il Muto, which, Joe... Allie, take this one. What does this mean? I don't know mean? what Il Muto. Mean. Il Muto? What I took six years of Italian, I could not tell. I know il means the, for a, mas- <laughs> well, for a masculine noun, but, like... It's just the mute. Mute? The okay, quiet. that's the, what I would have guessed. I was gonna say, I mean, Muto. Right, that's the, a button on my remote, is mute. So right, I like, mute, yeah. the mute one. The silent and like this is a fun. I kind of want to see this. Ha, opera. Ha, 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 ha. Was this in the musical? Did I like miss this? Yes. Yeah. This is. Was this in the movie? Yeah. Yes. Why was I? So it's when um, Christine is cast as like like the page the, boy. The page boy. So oh, okay. it's the frog throat thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And so yeah. like Carlotta has this like this so mist. In the, so in the middle of this production, where basically Christine is playing the silent. <laughs> Boy, it's about to be like a three-hour podcast. <laughs> we'll cut some of this out. Maybe not. No, we won't. I won't. Absolutely, <laughs> I won't. So, like, drink along and take a shot every time we say the next episode's gonna be shorter. <laughs> yeah. by, by the end of season one, it's just two hour long episodes. We, we should. We already got there. Seven hour long. Shut up. We're having fun with our friends, Ia Moscato. Anyway, so, like, in the middle of this production, the Phantom literally walks out into, like, the top of the opera house, like, did I not instruct? Like, listen up, bitches! What? <laughs> you didn't do what I said? I'm gonna fuck you up. I'm gonna fu- fuck you up. I'm gonna get you! I'm gonna and, get you! And he has the best thing of, like, you know, perhaps it is you who are the toad, madam, to Carlotta, and she's like, alright, well, shut up. 
And he like switches her like yeah her throat juice. I it's like this throat juice. I assume the purpose is that it like lubricates her vocal cords so that right. she can do her like water hydrate so, or yeah. dehydrate. No, but she prefers her vocal mist. So she does her vocal mist that like helps her do the, her her like. <laughs> it's uh, be like so, you know what? Let's make my voice sound worse than it already does. Correct. I assume like, it's yeah. lavender based, but Probably. that's just me making assumptions. I don't know. The eighteen so, hundreds were dumb. Yeah. So the fancy swaps <laughs> it out, and so like she she mists her throat. Yeah. And then she comes back and she goes, <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> and gives me this. Oh, oh, Yes, immediately thanks to your vocal And, juice. like, shame on her for not working with what she's got, you know? Right. If that was me, I'd be like, all right, fuck it. I'm a bass now. I'm a bass. Ha, 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 ha. Like, make it work. Yeah. Like, you, you don't stop the show. You play things off. Like, I right. she Terrible makes actress. them restart from yes. the beginning instead of just... The show must go on, you know? Yes. Instead of well, just trying also, to continue, she's like, they, no, no, no. They're Such like, a shitty we're going to stop the show. So the manager's, so she like freaks out. She's run, uh, Carlotta runs away. How is the cheese gone? <laughs> I know, right? Where did it go? The whole block. Yes, there's more! No, that's the hair cheese. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so if you don't know, we dropped some cheese. There's hair on it now. Anyway, so the managers come onto the stage and they're like, um, so we're going to start over. And the lead's gonna be Christine, and but for now, here's the ballet. Yeah. From Act Three. He drags some sheep on. Stage. Which also <laughs> operas are like four acts long, Jesus so it's Lord. like here's a little spoiler for you. Here's the ballet, and like so during this ballet, you have this chase sequence happening, which they do this really well in the movie because one, it's like half as long as it is on stage because on stage it's like. Five minutes of ballet dancers with two people at the top of the it's stage. a little much. Like, running around, chasing each other, and it's kind of goofy. But, like, all I can remember from this scene is the sheep being dragged on stage. <laughs> like, nothing else. The swings that are trying to descend from yeah. the rafters. Like... And so, like, we got Joseph Bouquet, who is this... He's, like, the head of the stage crew. Is and, that... like... Do you hear that? No, it's the guard. There's a golf cart outside, and for those of you who don't know golf carts, like, sometimes if you put them in reverse, they make this really high-pitched We noise. set the house on we'll, fire, don't we'll, worry. We'll cut. Somebody call 911. <laughs> the opera house is burning down at the end of the movie. Unlike the stage show. Okay, sorry, continue. We'll, we'll cut out the whole golf cart bit. <laughs> We're not um, going to. It's staying in there. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, like, during the scene, we have Joseph Bouquet, like, the head of, like... The like stagehand. I would say he's like the I, union. So he's a union employee. He's obviously. the Jimmy Hoffa of the. He's the Jimmy Hoffa <laughs> of the Phantom. So he's not necessarily the stage manager, but he's in charge of like the like I would the rigging. The rigging probably. He's probably in charge of like stage operations. Yeah. So he's like the head stagehand, if I had to guess. And he's like the guy who like freaks out the ballet girls by telling the stories the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, and like very sexual. He's gross. Time. He's like, I want to touch your boobs. I'm gonna fly in that fly space, baby. And they're like, go away. <laughs> like Joseph Bouquet is a disgusting character. Anyway, um, he gets his comeuppance because he was earlier making fun of the Phantom, and Madame Jury was like, hey, I wouldn't. <laughs> hey, you want to want to shut up? And um, so then during this ballet scene, Bouquet and the Phantom have his like back and forth. He's like, holy shit, that's the Phantom. I gotta go. Tries to run away. 
gets caught in the middle of like the catwalk above the stage. The Phantom strings him up with a noose and then hangs him on stage yep. in front of everyone. Which is pretty, I mean, once again, it's pretty metal. Pretty um, metal. <laughs> I don't know the last time, like, other than, like, probably the Broadway production of Spider-Man that you saw someone hang on stage. But, oh like, God. tell me I'm wrong! No, you're right. Like, you had that many, I'm sorry, but you had that many people on set whose job, their, whose sole responsibility was to ensure the safety of the actors, and then you still had deaths in your team. That's absolutely ridiculous and unforgivable. That's why we have stunt coordinators, it's whatever. So... Yeah, so the head stage hand hangs in the middle and like of the stage during this extensive ballet and number. And very clearly, it's a noose. It's very yeah. And then the the managers run down again, like it's just an accident. It was only an accident. But it's not working. Everyone's kind of freaking out, including Christine, who like runs, and then Raúl runs after her, and he's like, Christine. And so they run to the to the, the stage left. So many stairs. The stage left roof. Because there are two roofs on this opera they house. They go up passing. so many so stairs. Many stairs. I don't know why that was her thought. Like, I'm going to escape the opera house, so I'm going to the roof. This might like, just be that I'm lazy. But, like, <laughs> I'd go outside. Did Christine know that there were no such thing as, like, helisco- like helicopter escapes back then? <laughs> like, she was not running to a helivac no, helicopter. Like, no. If absolutely I had to count not. the flights of stairs they went up. <laughs> I would say it was at least four. Yeah. Uh, robber the... horrifying. Someone hangs a man on stage. For you. <laughs> For you. I was going to say, what's the reasoning? For um, you. To show you how much he loves you. I mean, I guess horrifying. <laughs> it so would it... depend on who the person was. Like, in what if this it was the... particular It's situation. the creepy stagehand who, like... Says creepy oh. comments to you. Like Heartthrob. Heartthrob. Oh. <laughs> okay, we're two to one. <laughs> right. But like, it, in this situation where it's like the quote unquote husband, boyfriend, love interest of Carlotta, who is like, you know, my well, big no, no. competition. We're, we're, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Oh, Jesus Christ. He has not died yet. This is Joseph Bouquet. This is the guy who's like. Oh, the, 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 the fly one. man that they thought tried to kill Carlotta. Yeah, the fly man. Oh. <laughs> If you don't know what flies are, that's a terrifying image of a fly human. We already went over this. We, we talked about this. That's true. Um, that's true. This was communicated. You that's know, fair. Yeah. I could also par- partially consider this. Like, we don't know the Phantom murdered this man. It's clearly a I think we He guess. feels so guilty that he almost killed Carlotta. He says, you know... I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to hang myself on stage (laughs) in the middle of... To show Carlotta how sorry I am. To say, like, "Mm, sorry, bitch. Like, you know. (laughs) Sorry, bitch. Good. (laughs) And so then we get to the roof. The Phantom of the Opera is very sorry. I'll (laughs) hang myself. And so then we get to the roof of the Opera House. And Raoul and Christine have this moment where basically he says, like, okay. Listen, Christine, look at me. Love look at me. Help. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I'm your boyfriend now. I am my boyfriend now. And, and he's like, Patty Hearst! Uh, Patty Hearst. Does everyone know who Patty Hearst is? Real quick, tell us who Patty Hearst is. Patty Hearst was an heiress to a massive fortune. Uh, she had a very rich family back in the 70s. And she was kidnapped by, I believe it was the Simonese Liberation Army, which was a terrorist group in the United States at the time. Fun. And they're like, oh my gosh, we don't know what happened to Patty Hearst until she shows up months later when the People's Liberation, when the Liberation Army robbed a bank. But she, Patty Hearst, was with 
the the members actively participating in the robbery and so her she was this was the first like real legal defense in the united states of the concept of stockholm syndrome Bonnie so the Clyde, I, no patty nope, and the patty, terrorists patty and the terrorists which should be a musical um i would watch it <laughs> it's lynn's it's lynn manuel's next musical um <laughs> patty and the robbers patty and the robbers six hundred dollars <laughs> Not I'm a real rich heiress and I'm here to say, say I love my kidnappers in every way. <laughs> I already pay $8 a month for Disney Plus, you know? I like, would pay 600 to watch I Patty pay, Hearst and the Robbers. You know, yeah. you know, at some point, it'll be put on Disney Plus just like Hamilton. Of course. So, yeah. like... Stockholm syndrome. I'll fill your cup. Stockholm syndrome <laughs> is the is the concept that you're kidnapped and then you not necessarily fall in love, but you feel some sort of deep emotional connection with your captor. Think Belle. Yes. The beauty yes. And the beast. The perfect, most innocent, you know, version My of Stockholm Disney syndrome. Pin- princess. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So smart yet so dumb. Shut up and drink your wine. Again. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> again, everyone in this musical is dumb. So they get to the the roof and everybody has. Beautiful song called All I Ask of You. Oh, God, it's good. It's really it's good. It's beautiful. Where Raul's like, all I ask of you is that you trust me. And she's and she says to him, like, all I ask of you is that you protect me. And it's just really sweet. Like, I will be your guardian. I will protect you. I will save you. Like, nothing will harm you as long as you're with me. Like, it's very sweet. But there's someone else on the roof. And they were lurking. He's a lurking. They were creeping. 1880s sentiment. Yeah, so the Phantom is watching all of this, hiding behind a statue. And he's a little bit upset. um, Because, like, he's watching this person, Christine, who he has this immense emotional connection with. His gal. His gal. Like, no one one puts Phantom in the corner. He's been in love with her for seven years. For seven years now. Since she was ten. Which is terrifying. Didn't know we were watching Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, that mirror placement. So, like, the Phantom is upset because Christine, essentially, the end of All I Ask of You is Christine saying, like, get your horses, we're going to run away together, we're going to be happy. And they're like, cool, so they run off the roof, and the Phantom is obviously distraught. And it leads to one of, I think, the most beautiful numbers in this Mm -hmm. musical. I agree. And it's the reprise to All I Ask of You. Because the fran, because the phantom, the phantom, <laughs> the phantom, and because so we've talked about this. So Lloyd <laughs> Webber, Lloyd Webber, like we've established, writes four melodies, and everything is forever repressed. He copy and pastes yep. everything. Yes. So the phantom, control C, <laughs> control C, the Lloyd Webber, control V, Lloyd, like Lloyd Webber tactic. Yeah. So the phantom is like he's so upset. He's like, I gave you my music, mm-hmm. like I I made your song take wings, and now how you repay me? You deny me and betray me. I mean, look, he taught this girl how to sing for seven yes. years. She finally gets two leading roles, yes. and he's like, this is this is how you repay me, really. And so he he ends this song in a vengeful mood, which in the stage production ends. You say that brings us in, he's not in a vengeful mood. He's not in a vengeful. He's not in a vengeful mood. He's just not in a happy mood. Now he's full of vengeance because then he disappears for a couple months. So yeah. he's really upset. So he ends the song by saying like. I think it's fun to envision that they just got engaged the next day. Well, they kind of did ish. It's, it's a, a long. It's I, we don't know how long the engagement is. So the phantom is yeah. just like you know. They were childhood sweethearts. They said you know let's just let's just, let's just pretend it. that those those count. 
Yeah. We've been dating for six years. Right. So the Phantom's like, like essentially, you are going to rue the day you didn't do what the Phantom asked of you. Bah, 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 bah. And then in the stage production, it ends, with and sh- Act 1 ends with the Phantom appearing on one of the balconies in the house. So in the seat. It's very cool. It's very cool how it happens. So like one of the box seats in your typical house he appears with a gun and he shoots and the special effects are great smoke actually appears it's very very loud and he shoots the chandelier and then the chandelier comes crashing down from the house onto the stage yeah. he shoots it with a gun yes a gun this is the 18 how did he get a gun well, damn they, gun show loophole i guess they did have guns in the 1870s <laughs> they definitely had, had guns, guns in the 1870s <laughs> do you know what pirates they, are <laughs> Okay, or just anything that happened like, for the hundred years or before Or like the that. Civil War, which also took place before this musical takes place. Hamilton taught me that there were guns as and soon ships. as 1770. All you know is you're like, there's guns and Listen, ships. Listen, I will start singing the entire musical. I will me. pay you not to. So <laughs> I'll take your money. <laughs> I'll Venmo you. So, like, that's how Act 1 ends. But we don't really have an intermission here because... No. It's a movie musical. You know, in Hamilton, on Disney Plus, they give you a one-minute hour. So, like, the, so the Phantom, the Phantom's angry. He's going into full vengeance and mode. And so he has to go into hiding for a while. He goes into to hiding. Write, in the, in the to write his opera. His, opera. His, it takes his him three opera. months. So yeah. he goes into hiding for three months. And I we s- open... Question. Qu- yes, Alec, question. Where is he hiding? Probably in, in his... In the same place he's in the cave he lives. Years, like. Yes. Yes. Where else are you gonna go? Like New York City? Should we say he's in hiding then because he's in the same place he's always been? Fine, he goes into recluse. Hasn't his <laughs> hasn't his whole his modus operandi is hiding. He he's no longer fine. He's no he's longer the hiding. Of the opera, not he's the just not a public creep in the he's, opera. He's not making public appearances. He's chilling. Fine, he doesn't murder for three months. So like <laughs> after he goes, oh that the phantom asks of you. So now we're technically in Act Two, but it doesn't matter because it's a movie, and we are in one of my. It might be my favorite musical. Masquerade. Masquerade! Now, also, like, it's uh, worth noting this is like the, the new, wardrobe, like the, the New Year's Day gala. Yeah, it's like December thirty first. It's New right, Year's like, celebration. It's a Christmas musical. It's a Christmas musical. Which also, like Andre and Tim are like, this is gonna be like the start of a new year. And one of them even says, like, it's a shame the Phantom can't be here. Right, because they are, they're riding high because they've saved $150,000, or no, uh, $1.5 million in the past yeah. three months. Pardon me, what's I did math. Just you wait, just you wait. Stop, sit down, <laughs> Hamilton! This is not a Hamilton podcast! And so... Although, if it was a Hamilton podcast, let it be known that I would be uh, the king. So, um... When it's opinions. <laughs> You'll be back. Anyway. Anyway, so, it's Masquerade. They're li- They're flying high because they've saved $1.5 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't seen the Phantom. There have been yeah. no murders in which their are, which theater. Also, as you mentioned earlier, Joe, in the Broadway version, they talk about how the chandelier falls at the end of Act 1. They've yes. also mentioned, like, let's toast... To friends. To a prosperous year. And the to new, our friends who are not here. And to the new chandelier, which mm-hmm. they've cut out of the movie, which is frankly unfortunate. I'd love to see that. Anyway. <laughs> um, but I will say, now for those of us who have been fortunate enough to see it on stage, do you prefer the movie masquerade 
or the stage masquerade. I'm gonna say stage masquerade. I'm gonna agree because I can't say because I haven't seen the stage <laughs> show. Are you a peasant? If you look, do, uh, do you think I have money? <laughs> I will say not Broadway money. <laughs> I'm, I'm ashamed to say I've seen it in both New York and London. So I love someone should send me the YouTube. <laughs> If you Google image Phantom Masquerade on stage, it's an amazing stage number. The fans. Also, I love the name of, like, live recordings of Broadway musicals that appear on places like YouTube and occasionally Pornhub for some reason. Because you have to get around the the legality of it. My favorite is probably the, like, Dear Evan Hansen version that appears on YouTube that's titled, like, Boy with Cast is Sad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's, like... Sad ghost man makes like it's like sad, s- ugly, deformed it's man, like, it's like sad woman. <laughs> and for some reason, recently, a lot of Broadway bootlegs, which I do not condone, wink. Oh, like, I do. Like, how else am I supposed to see waitress? Are you Earth kidding me? But <laughs> I pay one hundred and fifty plus dollars to travel to a city that I do not live in to watch a show for one night when I could. Pay zero dollars. There's so much that I can purchase on Facebook Marketplace Listen, for a hundred and fifty dollars. I discovered on TikTok oh. <laughs> the most wonderful website where you can watch so many things for free. And you can't say the name though. I don't want to get uh, sued. But like, we'll talk about it after the podcast. About, okay. But like, you'll Here see things like follow sad, us on social media. Like sad opera man slime tutorial. Right. And so, like, I love the stage production because anyway. it's very cool how they do it because. Yes. The entire backdrop is essentially, it's very... It's It's a giant staircase. It's a staircase, but it's gold and it's very ornate, but it's also, there's a lot of mirrors at play. There's mirrors. So you see... Yeah. And it's also mannequins who do not move. Right. But it fills the stage and it feels more alive. Yes. So like you're seeing all of these reflections of all these people dancing. So it feels like you're at this grand, grand ball Mm -hmm. ringing in the new year. It's very cool how they do it. Yeah. It's like how they do the rotating swastika in uh, the (laughs) producers. Because we have to bring in Nazis because this is a stage production. Um, So like Masquerade is phenomenal. Oh my gosh, it's very cool. Except for the weird thing that they do. And this will always annoy me about, and this is why I always listen to the Broadway recording anyway. Yes. They get so picky about how they introduce dialogue versus singing. Because even when they introduce dialogue, the dialogue is actually still formatted and it's the same exact words that it is when they do the singing version. So for example, once we have a little bit of a reprieve, from the song Masquerade. In the movie. In the movie. In the movie. We have Raul and Christine. And she's just like, think of it. A secret engagement. It's Look supposed at me. to be sung. You're right. But they're still saying the same exact words in the same exact order as the song. So like and every time. you like in beat too. Because like beat. in the musicals like, like think, think of, of it. it. A, a secret, secret engagement. engagement. But in the movie it's Look, spoken. your future. But like in the, in the musical it's actually sung. And yeah. so every time I watch or I listen to the music or the movie soundtrack, I always sing that part. I'm just like, think of it, a, a secret, secret engagement. engagement. Look, your future bride. Just think of it. But why is it secret? What have we got? Adam, I'll sing it because I know the lyrics. Furthermore, <laughs> the evidence that Christine is just a dumb bitch. <laughs> If you're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna have a secret engagement, 
where you're just like, you know, let's not tell anyone. Don't wear the fucking ring around your neck. That's fair. To the masquerade at the opera. Masquerade! Like, where the phantom <laughs> lives. Like, just mm. think of it. Yeah, that's what gets me, is they're like. Think of it, Christine. Well, we truly really think of it. Think, like, think, like, did, did, think. The, did the managers and Carlotta and Piangi and Raul and Christine really think, like, maybe he just, like, packed up and left? This is the most rantiest stage rant has ever gotten, and I Rantum love it. Rantum of the opera! <laughs> like, did they think that, like, well, we haven't seen him for a while. I guess he's, he's gone. gone. And so, but of no! course, so, but of course, he's not gone, Adam, because he shows up wearing all red. And so, real quick, now, real quick, he's dressed. He's outfit. dressed as he's gorgeous. The movie version of his costume is toned the fuck down compared to the stage version which is like he looks gorgeous huge like yeah anyway but she's dressed as the red death which is like a weird like cool. reference yeah. to like edgar Allan poe the phantom has taste i guess i don't know anyway so qu- quick question adam we talk about this in every episode yes is masquerade a song that they are all singing or is it all dialogue to me it has to be mm. something that they're all singing so, and if so, how much did the Phantom pay from his $6 million salary plus investments mm-hmm. to the orchestra to play Masquerade? his song that follows Masquerade? Yeah. You could so, ask this for truly almost any song in this entire well, musical. Okay, so, Allie, we talked about this many episodes ago, but this is this concept called diegesis, which when I mentioned the diegesis, it's the world of the film. And so there's diegetic music, which is music that is occurring in the film. For example, the cantina band in Star Wars A New Hope is diegetic. You hear it in the scene, in the background, people listen to the music. Non-diegetic is like the Imperial March. Like, Darth Vader isn't walking to the beat of the Imperial March. Right. Which Solo messes up, but we won't get into that. I took school, I know. Yeah, so like... (laughs) A lot of musicals, like Mamma Mia, almost everything is non-diegetic. Yes. It is just the character's thoughts portrayed via song. Yes. Save for the son who owns the bar, because his bar... Anyway, we'll get into Stop. that Stop, I will punch you. <laughs> but then you look at things like the producers, which has diegetic and non-diegetic. And this one is a very weird one, because like... Diegetic and... It's a mix no, of both. Quote-unquote non-diegetic? It's like... like so a lot like, of musicals have a mix of both. Yeah. So like, for example, like when they sing Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia! Exclamation point, here we go again. That is a song that is being sung in the movie. So like, people hear people singing it. Right. As opposed to when I uh, when I kiss the teacher is a bad example. I was gonna um, say, it's, you it's don't like, really know. Like water, like Waterloo, I guess. Right. Um, like Waterloo are, is them expressing their feelings to each other. They're not actually singing. Through, yeah. Whatever the breakup song is, too, when they're in the hotel and she's right. like falling apart. And so, yes. like, there's one of us. So, yes. like, all I no, 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 not that one. Or like, so like, in this one, "Think of Me" is diegetic. Yes. She is performing "Think of Me." But like the Phantom of the Opera, is Prima Donna really happening? Prima Donna is probably not actually probably not no. actually. A song. No, that is very clearly them expressing their emotions and thoughts. They're to her. groveling to yes. her. She's talking about how great she's going to be. But then, like the Il that, Muto is diegetic. Right. But then all I ask of you is non diegetic. I would argue that Masquerade is diegetic. Diegetic. I think they are all singing this. I think this is their New Year's song. Interesting. And I think there is a live band, mostly as evidenced by the fact that the conductor is physically present and, and acts actively conducting. And also, Maestra. And also, Maestra. also, the Phantom later references the song Masquerade yes. in the same me- same melody. So, 
Okay, I'll buy it. Yeah. This I'm is going... a long this is a long, long route to get it back around to me saying that in some way, shape, or form, the Phantom paid off the orchestra to play To play his theme. His theme as he sings. Which he wrote yeah, for himself. Which he wrote because he's I'll still never understand why Rao said, you know, I'm gonna go to this auction and of all the things that I'm gonna buy. I'm going to mon- buy this little symbol clapping monkey that was in the Phantom's Which place. Christine, I guess, talked about, like, a lot. Like, she, I guess, when talking about this after the after the musical ends, I guess she was like, wow, let me tell you, this guy was a creep, but he also had this monkey. Monkey! And it was cute! <laughs> you know, like, I'm dead, but, like, get it for me anyway. Get it for me, thanks. So, like, anyway. so they're going through the masquerade. The Phantom shows up. He's wearing all red. He's doing his weird Edgar Allan Poe shtick. Red death. He's like... Stop. Um, yes uh, and like it's very thank you also the telltale heart not even close but i appreciate it's more of like a bum 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 and the phantom just he knows how to make an entrance yes he shows up at the top of the staircase and he's like hello i am the phantom i'm back back. baby (laughs) that's broadway baby like surprise bitch you thought you were the last of me i'm back so he's back and he's like listen i'm so, uh, I, listen i took a little time for myself i took a mental health break uh I took also i took a sabbatical <laughs> by the way i'm still actually really pissed at all of you yeah here's a musical that i wrote and Hold you are going to perform this here's don juan here's don juan you are going to perform this you're gonna cast Christine Daae as the lead. Allie. Surprise, surprise. Allie. <laughs> a man who you've met a few times. Heartthrob. Has murdered people. Or horrifying. And he shows up. He writes like... a musical for you. So let me take two steps back here. So like, what if Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote, Ooh. hold on, wrote a musical for you? But he's also a murderer. But he also okay. happened to murder, like, up to this point. He shows people. up at, like, your sorority's formal, like your high school <laughs> <friend>. <laughs> I'm assuming you weren't in a sorority. I was. Uh, so he shows Joe up was supposed to come to one of mine and he didn't. So he just shows up at your sorority form. Booze cruise. <laughs> and he's like, listen, Allie, I wrote a musical for you and you're going to star in the leading role. But he's killed people. What if, yeah, Lynn shows up and he's just like, hey, Allie, Allie, I'm here to say I wrote a musical for you every day. That doesn't work. But he wrote a yeah. musical for you. Heartthrob or, or horrifying. Heart, or horrifying. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> You said Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, let's, like, let's nix that. Just some guy. Say it's some uh, guy. and some like, rando? Just some rando. You don't, doesn't even go to your college. Fine, Andrew Lloyd Webber shows no, up at your front door. That's actually terrifying. He's an um, ugly man. Exactly. <laughs> and so is the Phantom. So some, Andrew Lloyd Webber shows random, up at your front door. Some random frat boy is like, you know. Not even that. Just like, a, hey, babe. A, t- a townie shows up and is like, listen. You're, 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 no, you're at you're at sidebar. You're trying to do beat the clock, and you're and he, some frat bro so shows up wearing his Lululemon shorts <laughs> and some sort of Nike polo, and he's just like, "Hey, girl, I bought you this I picture of you. Hold on. Oh. I, no, hold on. I bought you this picture of Natty Light, mm. but I also uh. wrote you a Broadway musical for you to star in, Heartthrob." Or horrifying. horrifying. But he had also killed two people. But <laughs> if he had bought me a different picture that was not Natty Light, this could potentially be not horrifying. This could go a different route. It just really depends on what... I mean, like, one, what the musical's about. Like, it was this musical, like... Meh. But, like, 
Heartthrob or horrifying? Three, two, one. Horrifying. Okay. okay. Two to two. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, score is even. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so he shows up and he ta- he like, not only does he say like, Christine's going to sing this song. She's going to be our lead. Also, teach Carlotta how to act. Pianji, you're fat. You also, did. the man- <laughs> like my managers, stay in your office. Don't get involved in the arts. He's the guy who's like, Phantom, let's just put it this way. Phantom would be an advocate for like, we gotta keep the arts in schools. We can't get rid of the arts. We have to have them here. And like, it's, yeah, just the Phantom, other than Christine, is on a diss track against everyone. And so that's basically his bit in Masquerade. And then he disappears in like, a puff of smoke. Puff of fire. Yeah, it's pretty dope. And then, so like, all while this is happening... Raul's like, I'm gonna go grab my sword because I'm gonna fight this guy. But it yeah. takes him a while. I don't know if he had I to... guess you forgot where it was. Well, I don't know if he had to check his sword at the door. That seems like a thing they would have had to have done back Probably. then, I guess. So, like, he gets Probably. his sword and he's like, I'm gonna go fight the Phantom. Yeah. And so he goes to get him and then the Phantom is like, here's a musical, you have to, you have to perform it or else I'm gonna burn down the theater. Okay, bye! And he jumps down a fiery, smoky hole. <laughs> And then Raul is like, I'm a hero! So he jumps in the hole, and it turns out, surprise, it's just a fucking carnival funhouse. Like, didn't he like, I was watching It 2? Like, yeah, he jumps into It 2. So um, he jumps into It 2, and it's all these mirrors, and the phantom disappears, whatever. So it happens. He escapes. He escapes. Um, oh my god, you're joking. So, <laughs> well, of he course, escapes? Because the story's well, not done yet! We're not done yet. <laughs> So, like, Christine is like, okay, well, cool, so... I'm gonna go Walking some, Nightmares back. I'm gonna go do some... I'm gonna do some self-thought. Like, I'm gonna go visit... I'm gonna go visit Dead Dad again. Yeah. And he goes and visits Dead Dad. And so, she sings probably... I will say, in my personal opinion, one of the most beautiful songs in the... Uh, uh, the most beautiful song in this musical. Yeah. Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again is... Thoughts. Allie, so Allie. So boring. Oh, oh, shit. Okay. Well, I will sit down. I will you say. You know how, like, every Broadway musical has, like, the token, like, you know, like, the it's boring the song? Like, yeah, it's like, my On My Own, or. Okay, like, On My, don't sass On My Own. Shit, okay. Fine. Okay, okay, so, you uh, never, I Dreamed a Dream. No, no, you have Joe. never been a girl with Or somewhere that's green. Love. Now, hold on, hold on. Now, Allie, Joe. Joe, I'm going to have you just, for one moment, just one moment. This is like. Did you the, just shush me? I did. This is. Like, I'm a co-host. This is listen, like. Listen, I'm gonna replace you. This is like. <laughs> this is like Hamilton's Dear Theodosia. It's like. Ooh. It's fine. Yeah. It's okay. But you're. This, I wouldn't miss it. This is where you're like. I've I'm seen a, I'm, Hamilton. I just don't like it. Like I'm gonna go <laughs> get a drink. I'll go refill the popcorn. I can let this one play. I don't have to pause it. This is this musical. I get where you're coming from. On stage and when sung well, it's gorgeous. It's, it's a good song. But, like, of the musical, like, if I had to nix one of them... I would nix this one. This would what? be, like, in yeah. the option. Adam, you monster! I would I expect this from Allie. One of my funniest memories about this song is that, like, when I was, like, a cheap... I mean, not that I'm not still a cheap hoe, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> when I Your was words, a, not like, ours. I'm glad we have the recorded audio of that. Thank when you. I <laughs> was a youth, and I would try to get songs on my iTunes... Uh-huh. I would steal the CD from the library. And As I would, one does. And I, mean, I would burn it onto my iTunes. Correct. However. I did the same thing. Everyone did that. It would not give me the name. I prefer so, Frostwire. <laughs> so I would have to type in the name. And for this song, 
when I typed it in, instead of wishing you were somehow here again, I mistyped. And I wrote, missing you were somehow here again. So you misliked the song because you had a typo? No, I misliked the song because it's boring and I don't so care. So, hold on. Allie, go sit, go sit over there. Go okay, sit, go, I'll, go, I'll scoot a whole two inches away. Scoot, sit over there. I want to hear from you. Adam, I expect this from you. Allie, but you! So, so wishing you were somehow here again, I think. Honestly, hold on, hold on! Made me cry, mm-hmm. tear up oh, a little Jesus bit, Christ. in the live production. Eh. Because she's sta- I mean, at this point, mm. Christina's standing on the edge of the stage. I suppose. Allie, I told you, <laughs> silence! So, so she is standing. The host are so she is standing at the edge. You are a guest in my home! So. <laughs> So she's standing at the edge of the stage, uh-huh. and she's just like belting. And will, she, it's will, a song about how this. she misses her father I will because this. she feels as though she's been abandoned by her father yes. because the angel, quote unquote, that her father left her has turned out to be her nightmare. She, he's a demon. He's a demon. I will say so this: she's wishing you were somehow the, here again, so I'm not all by myself. The stage version of this song is art. Love it. Yes. The movie version is similar. <laughs> until, okay, it's fine until it gets to the right. Ra- Do not flick me off, madam. <laughs> I did that. I pointed my finger finger at Adam. Okay, similar. <laughs> finger. Similar, but it still hurts. <laughs> the index finger. <laughs> Stage Rain is sponsored by Franzia Moscato. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. But, like, it's still beautiful in the, in the movie until she gets... To her father's catacomb dream, which, by the way, is absolutely massive. He made bank as a violinist. He was, I mean, he's kind of like the Yo-Yo Ma of the 1870s. Right. Her father's grave is impressive, to say the least. For those of you out there who know who Yo-Yo Ma is. Everyone knows who Yo-Yo Ma is. You've seen an actor who Yo-Yo Ma is. Some famous violinist. I don't know. Cello. Well, he's a cellist, but whatever. Whatever. You've Something seen, with a string. You've I've seen Acura commercials. You, you've about. seen him, I, I guarantee. Anyway. It's absolutely beautiful. It's whatever. It is it is beautiful until the end when she gets up to the tomb of her father it and called? it starts going. It's not going. a tomb. It's not a tomb. What it's is, a, it's um, a mausoleum. A mausoleum! Hey, you've seen Hot in Mansion. I so, <laughs> love that movie. It's not good. That will be our next musical. Oh, damn, I wish it was. Haunted Mansion the you musical? Imagine, can you imagine Eddie Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> this mansion is hot. This mansion is haunted. Don't what I say. <laughs> Look over there. Did the memo write that one too? Ever, ever, Hamilton with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not throwing away my, my shot. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, she gets to her father's tomb, and then the phantom is like... Sword fight! Well, also, he... Okay, so this is where Christine, as I told... So I watched the movie with my parents, because, you know, quarantine. And so I was like, this is where Christine reaches peak dumb. Peak idiocy, where he's like, wandering child. And he's like talking to her as if she's... He's her father. And (laughs) he's a pedophile. And he's... (laughs) What was the age of consent in France in He calls her a child! It doesn't matter. He's been hitting on her since she was 10. It doesn't matter! No, no, it doesn't matter what the age is because he's been hitting on her since she was 10. That's why he's creepy. Okay. I'm not condoning it. No, no, no. So he's like, I seed my point. So, like, he's, he's, like, playing her dad and she's like, 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 angel of father or, like opera phantom or whatever and she's like I don't know who it is but she keeps walking towards the tomb as if it is her dad and I'm like it's basically just like I'm her dad boogie 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 
It's like, hello, my child, come to me, I'm your father. And, and she's just like, are you like, my dad or the Phantom? And it's like, uh, I'm the, um, I'm, I, I'm your father. And she's like, dad. Well, he never says angel of music. He just says, I'm your angel. Yeah. He never includes music. So it's like, to you to decide, Christine. She's still dumb. She's Which dumb also bitch. in the stage version, it, clearly he's like just standing on top of the tomb, and she's like, "I don't. I guess I can't see you." <laughs> she's not wearing her prescriptions. Okay? Is she she's, blind like the horse? She's she's <laughs> dumb. Anyway, so then we get the worst shot. So basically, Raul chases after her. He shows up and he's like, Christine, that's the Phantom. And she's like, huh? I feel like we can skip all of this because it's almost embarrassing to the movie. Because it's boring. Because it's the worst shot fight sequence ever. Which does not, so it exists for Rob this. it's a quote-unquote cut when his sleeve looks like it has quote-unquote blood Which on it. Which also, the like, stage version of their fight does is, not include this. Is way more cooler because the Phantom has a flamethrower. <laughs> In the musical, the Phantom gets a flame, an actual staff flamethrower that he throws fireballs at Rollo and Christine. In this one, he gets a sword. Dumb. It's Avatar the musical. Give him a flamethrower. Okay, so essentially, anyway, I want to I want to make sure we keep moving here. We're getting real caught up. I'm sorry, but. Give him a flamethrower. He did it in the musical. Do it in the movie. You're like, God damn it, it's canon. Um, ah. So, like, they escape, and the, and the <laughs> Phantom does, like, another vengeance thing. He's just like, okay, I'm essentially, like... Like, I'm declaring... I'm gonna get ya. I'm declaring war on both of you. C'est la guerre, he says. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Which so, I know to be French for it is war, because my brother got a tattoo of right, C'est la guerre. Is, really? Italian for C'est la guerre, because you took a whole... Two to three years of it. I don't know. It's I don't is, know. It took six years of it. I don't know. No, this is "Say la guerre" is French for this. I know, war. but what is Italian for it? I assume I it wouldn't know. be the same because it's a different language. Look at how people translate. Oh shit! I'm gonna cut that part out anyway. No, you gotta leave it in. Okay. We don't cut any of this. This is this is stage rant. You always say uncut. that, and then nothing gets cut. You right. Okay, so they <laughs> so they escape. They escape. Okay, shh. Okay, everyone. Let's let's take a deep breath. <sighs> I am your angel of music. No, dumb bitch. <laughs> it's my theme. I wrote this. Moscato musicals brought to you by Brandy. Did the Phantom write the music? For Phantom of the Opera. Okay, so all right. <laughs> Let's get meta. We need to make some. We need to make some progress here. So uh, silence from you two for a moment. Well, so they sidelined. You've been sidelined. <laughs> side <laughs> Sit down and drink your Moscato. So the Phantom is like, I sh- I will vengeance this. So he's like, I'll get vengeance. Yeah. Um. So then they're gonna. They're like, okay. Well, we've been kind of blackmailed into it. So we're gonna do our shitty opera performance of Don Juan, and no one, no one, no one likes it. No one really likes Don like, Juan. But they. What, so okay. He, so here's the thing. The audience say, is sitting there like. What the something fuck I want to say this? about Don Juan real quick. It's very dark. Is Don Juan like many? How do I put this? Like Stanley Kubrick. I would love to see where you're taking this. <laughs> is as in many ways, 2001: Space Odyssey. Why is the cheese always gone? In many ways, 2001: <laughs> Space Odyssey, which one of your favorite films, Joe? Yes. Was, I don't want the hair cheese. <laughs> is was it was in many ways ahead of its time. 
Oh, it's, yeah, it set the groundwork for so many films after it. So is Don Juan a genius musical that no one gets? Or is the Phantom bad at writing operas? I would like to think. Or was it intentionally bad? I'd like to think that he's bad at writing operas, but he thinks that he's genius. I would actually mm. say I think he's a genius because, first mm. of all, hold on. The theme that he wrote for himself is pretty great. What, Music of the Night? That and like the just bum, the organ, bum, 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 bum. It's not bop. very creative, but like it's it's genius. Yeah. Maybe it was the first instance. Yeah. So like I like to think that this this opera that he wrote was intentionally <laughs> was intentionally written because he just wanted himself to star in it because it was a trap for Christine. Mm. So like essentially they perform this. They're really hesitant because they're like we've been blackmailed to perform this and also it's so they're like we're, we're gonna bring in the cops literally bring in the french police so many Where's and one of javert? them one of them has the javert hat from act two of les mis yes okay you say javert hat i say johnny that pirate what is his name in <laughs> jack sparrow? jack sparrow hat i would also say it's not because it's not <laughs> Are you okay? Allie, go take a nap. So. <laughs> Listen, I may or may not have been forced to be here. I may. No, no, no. You said you were not. The answer was that no. That was legally binding. That was in the first five minutes of the podcast. You cannot or reject. I, I may have requested to be here. Perfect. So, and I may have drank half a bottle of Yeah. So they bring. Oh, half a box, which is three. Box. Which is 2.5 bottles. Bottle. Of one. So they, they bring in the French police because they're turning this into a snap. Or a snap. A snare, I guess. <laughs> a snare. Yeah. Uh, a trap. They're going to. Yeah, a trap. For the Phantom. They're going to... They're expect- so they're expecting yeah. him to show up because he wrote it. So he's obviously going to be there. Right. So they bring in like 400 French police officers. Which also, this is really cool. If you ever see a stage version of this, they actually have the cops in, in the costume, house. in the house, it's in the audience. Cool. And you'll hear like... Uh, Raul and one of the managers is like, are the doors secure? And like, you'll hear around the theater like, secure! 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 And there's actually a guy in the pit with a pistol. Yeah, just and they do a really cool audio trick where you, it sounds like the Phantom is like all over the theater at once. Yep, just lending more credence to the fact that the Phantom is a genius, um, that he can just do that and get away with it. Right. Um, And like, it's very cool how they. It's so cool. Yeah, they like establish that this is a trap, right? Right. But the Phantom is smarter than you, so it's not going to work. He's straight up just like. I see what you're doing. <laughs> you're right. not smart. So, like, they start singing. They start going through Don Juan. Don Juan. And Christina's obviously the lead. It's very dark. They show shots of the audience clearly not enjoying themselves. And then they start singing The Point of No Return. But not before we see the original male lead uh, being kind of like... Pianji is like kind of tackled and so you're like ah shit he's gonna he's so so basically the plot of Don Juan is that Pianji who plays Don Juan is or or someone is playing I don't know who Don Juan I think the Phantom is Don Juan but basically Pianji is like I need you to seduce this girl because she'll think that you're me so I'm gonna go hide you seduce her so I can have her Don Juan is mentioned in Les Mis. Fun fact. Don Juan is mentioned in Shakespeare. Don yeah. Juan is a, like, trope of a character. Yep. So when they're in the ABC cafe in Les Mis, mm-hmm. the, I mean, the, the, the drunk guy 
is like, it's better than Juan Juan. It's better than an opera. Isn't Juan Spanish for John? John. Which is like, could be John. Jo- is like, it could Joe be or Joe. Joe or John. Oh my god, John it's a musical about John. Joe. Yeah, it's like the John. John. Yeah, so it's John. <laughs> the John. <laughs> the John. <laughs> oh god, think of the worst John. It's actually Dear John, the original. Mina Seyfried just keeps popping up. So like, she does honestly. So like, Pianji's murdered, clearly, kind of yeah. off screen. So they start singing the past the point, uh, past the point of no return. Do we like this song? It's a good one. I like this song. I like the point of no return. If it wasn't sang by a crazy person. If it was, it, <laughs> we'll get there in a moment. I prefer, and Joe, you mentioned this when we talked about Les Mis. You prefer the 25th anniversary yes. concert. Yes, in yes, the yes, same yes, way yes, that yes, I yes, prefer yes. the 25th anniversary Royal Albert Hall performance. Oh, fan of the opera. Fan of the opera. Yes. It is also very good because I love this musical so much, and that is the best version you can get. And the movie is the movie version we're talking about is like it's meh. But like it's rem- very good if you've never seen it before. If right? you've never seen the musical, yeah. this is a good introduction, and it's like okay, you've seen the story, go see it on stage. Right. Um, once theaters open up, if they open up, thank you, COVID. When anyway, they open, be when they open. We love this globe pandemic. When they open. So like, I really like the pa- uh, past the point of no return or the point of no return. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very dark. I think it's very. Cool. It's a dark seduction song yes. that is like. It's, I'm like glued to this, the screen. This is like the Phantom's emo love song. It's his My Chemical Romance edition. Yeah, to Don Juan. He. It's very cool because it's it's the very Black slow. Parade of Phantom of the Opera. It's very seductive. I'm going to kidnap Christine. What? Okay, you don't know he's gonna kidnap her. We have, but it's definitely a sexy, it's like yes, seductive it's, it's song. A sexy it's bop. like the Love I, and the Restless. I'm if it was a musical number, I'm fairly sure that she talks about like passion and like yes, her our, yep. wrapping herself our bodies in twine. Yes, I love this song. It gives me goosebumps. It, it really does. does. And I just will never understand why Raoul is like you know. You I'm just gonna watch song. this. Lure him out, and that's why like, I love this. I love this. They're all watching this, and they're all like, "When did Pianji lose 800 pounds?" Which all like, sound when do good. When arrest this quote unquote right. phantom? And she's like staring at him, like, "Yo, yo, hello, hi, like, so help, like, help me! So like, there is a crazy man on there's stage." There's that, and not to mention that in the movie, in the stage version, this is just Christine and the Phantom. That's all it is. Yes. But in the movie, they're like, let's throw in some backup dancers. Yes. Because they're also going to be complicit in the kidnapping of yeah, Christine Daae. Cool, thanks. And I love it because it's very <laughs> cool because it, it as it moves through the past, uh, the point of no return, you see Christine Daae slowly going back into her transform. Mm. And so as she sinks deeper into the song, as the song progresses, you see her sink deeper and deeper into just like, Ah, I love the Phantom. And it does this very cool thing where at the point of no return after it builds to this incredible, incredible finale, Mm -hmm. it moves into All I Ask of You. The second reprise of All I Ask of You. Yes, where where he starts singing like, Say you'll share with me. And meanwhile, everyone's watching this and they're like, I don't remember this in the the book. Yeah. and then they're like, okay, well, that's obviously... It, the song ends. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, clearly that's the Phantom. So they try to arrest him, and then he's just well, like, also, jump into this, ground hole! This is where we finally get the reveal of what the Phantom looks like 
Oh, yeah. The man behind the mask. Yeah, she rips off his mask. And he looks fine. He's... I mean... Yeah, so we mentioned this earlier. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like, like, what pisses me off about this movie is that... This is 2004. This is after Jurassic Park. This is after, like, groundbreaking technology and CGI. It looks fine! I know where you're going with this. It doesn't look awful. They could have made him uglier. They could have, but I don't. I don't. They probably. It just looks like he was in a bad fight. Here's what what I'm betting. He looks as bad as the Hound does in Game of Thrones. I've seen worse people in Crystal Yes. He he looks. That's a great way to put it. Matthew Gray Goobler has looked worse. If like, you have seen Game of Thrones, the Hound. It's the he's Ooh, he's the Hound. <laughs> the Hound. Uh, listen, <laughs> fuck the, the Game of Thrones is my favorite game. The, but I would pay. The game or, okay, it is only sixteen ninety nine a month. I would pay twenty dollars a month just to be able to watch Game of Thrones. Good to know. Okay. So, like, if you've never seen Phantom, essentially, stuck. essentially, the Phantom is the Hound. <laughs> From Game of Thrones, and it's like, he's not, he's really not that bad. No. Here's my bet. Gerard Butler is much handsomer than the He's in his, like, early 30s in this. I will say that. Yeah. My best guess is what occurred was they had run multiple screen tests with varying uglinesses of Mm. the Phantom. And what they realized was, on a stage production, you like we've talked about before, you have to play up everything because you're acting for the person in the last row. My guess is what happened with this is that they most likely had multiple appearances for the Phantom. And then they realized that the uglier you went, the less likely stage audiences were to relate to the character. Right, because like you look at even... Because like, you're supposed to look at the Phantom as like a romantic character. You're supposed to look at it at, right. as a deeply flawed romantic character. Right, but like you look at the version of the Phantom, so we'll start with the like 1925. Those of you who can't see it at home, Google it. He's not a good-looking guy. He's just like, ugly. He's, he's just not ugly. A... But, like... But, like, he's wholly ugly. Right. And then, like, in the Broadway version, um, which, if you want to follow along at home, just Google this. Um, opera Phantom... We really need to... No mask. Prepare these tasks. I do. Yeah, in the... And, like, without his mask, he's got, like, brain poking through. Like, you can see, yeah, it's like, bad. his skull. It's not pretty. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's gross. Take a gander. Uh, but the only movie if you is truly eaten. nothing compared yeah. to the true Broadway version. The Broadway version of The Phantom is ugly. The movie version, it's, like... He's fine. The movie's like, he might have a birth defect. He his, might his, have been caught in a fire. His like, face is we'll lumpy. Oh, no. Who is to say? He, he's a lumpy man. But anyway. it's not awful. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, moving on. So, like, he jumps through the hole. Who are he, we to judge? And then, yeah. so he kidnaps Christine and takes her back to the lair. And then everyone starts pursuing. But especially yeah. Raul, who beforehand goes up to Madame, Madame Cherie. Cherie. And he's like, what the fuck do I do to get her back? And she's like, keep the, keep your hand at the level of your eye. Which is, so, God, I hate this. So I hate that this is included in the musical because it's super confusing because it's never explained. What does this mean? So in the book, Someone what happens is the Phantom's signature way of murdering people is hanging them by noose. He he basically uh, lassos them okay. around. He's so like, if you have your like, hand, if you have your hand, hand you here, can, like, you, could, yes. you, could, you could push yes, it yes, out. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. you can like not die. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, so like if you if you keep your hand at the level of your eyes, you keep your arm next to your face. So if you are lassoed by the but phantom's the noose, this is just you can making... use your arm to pull out the lasso and escape. But it's never explained. This is just making me think of like any tactical situation when you're standing there with, you, with your fist by your face, like hold. Yes, this is actually you're just like walking around, like hold. This is actually <laughs> this is actually taught in uh, self defense courses to this day. Okay. Is uh, you want to kick him in the crotch, and you also want to keep your left hand at the level of your eyes, it's... or else the phantom will the capture thing and hang is you. The tactical laser <laughs> yeah. tag. This is this is this is. The patented jury method. Yes, it's uh, called the jury method. Yeah. So, like, so Raul is, and we skipped over the origin of the Phantom. I really, frankly, don't care enough to talk about it. So, like, Madame Jury, Madame Jury is just like, leave your, keep your hand at the level of your eye. Go down this tunnel, you'll find him. And he's and like, like, okay. Also, after she leaves, Meg's like, I'm gonna go too, and she's like, no, no. And then Meg does anyway. I also love. The limit of a Madam Jerry is like, this is the extent of how far I will go. And then he looks down and there's just like 10 points of spiral <laughs> She's like, because oh. Madam Sherry yes. knows what she's about. And I'm just like, listen. <laughs> she's like, listen, I'm, I'm old. I'm not trying to climb up 10 flights of she's like, I'm stairs. Old. I'm old. I've danced ballet for my whole life. My knees are not what they used to be. I cannot go down there. That's the other thing that makes me that she's supposed to be like the same age approximately as the Phantom and she looks like she is like 60 years old. And the Phantom's and like, like I'm a healthy 35. Yeah, yeah he's... a healthy 35. Yeah. <laughs> so like the Phantom has kidnapped Christine and he's just like, he's singing like down once more to the dungeon of my black despair. So he's like, <laughs> once again it's like his My Chemical Romance part 2. He's we so plunge the to the prison parade. of my night. To the black parade. Like, <laughs> so he's headed down to his dungeon with Christine. Everyone's pursuing him. Yeah. Essentially, imagine like the Benny Hill theme. The like, and everyone's like, like running after him. This murderer, yeah. he must be found. Track down this murderer, he must be found. Yes, and then like Raul's Good. running through the dungeons. I love this. So yeah. Raul is chasing after him. He falls into a pit of water, and yeah. it turns out it's a trap. He almost it's crushed, but then he escapes. Which then, also, like, this is not in the musical. This is only in the movie. It's right. weird and to dumb. establish I that he is like in fact. It. Just the reincarn or the early carnation of Jigsaw. Fred. No, Fred from the Scooby Doo series. I don't know if mm. anyone has watched Survivor the TV series. However, there are multiple episodes that have this as a challenge in Survivor <laughs> of just the great that slowly lowers. I know what we're watching tonight. Is <laughs> oh trying to gasp for air as you struggle. Str- struggle. Why are you laughing through this? As you struggle for air to breathe. <laughs> is Survivor a to- I have not seen Survivor in years. Is it Clearly tor- you've never watched Survivor. Is it a, is it a torture show? No, oh, it's the Amazing Race, but they throw him on an island. Okay. Um, then Survivor, you're just sitting there trying to breathe. But this is like the next level where they're like, no, you don't get to breathe. You don't get you to You must be smothered well, and drowned also, under the it's water. It's dumb because the Phantom also includes the get a Joe Free card. In the trap, Raul swims over and is like, oh, there's a lever. So, it's, so I freed so, myself. Like, so essentially. You convenience. You don't put the self-destruct button on <laughs> the machine. Convenience 
So essentially, Literally. essentially, the Phantom is in fact Jigsaw because Jigsaw always allows some sort of escape for his victims. So, so like we're more Jigsaw sk- than Fred. We're gonna skip through. I just think it's funnier if you. When we say Fred, Fred, are we talking about like Fred, like the YouTube persona Fred? No, 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 no. no we're talking about Fred, Fred from, from Scooby Doo, specifically up- live action. It sets up the traps to yes. get oh the God, monsters. Like, ask Scott Fred. Yes, Ascot. Okay, so we're gonna like, we're gonna skip forward because they do this little like once again Benny Hill runaround thing. The, the Phantom like drags Christine into his dungeon, and he's just like, okay, essentially we're gonna get married and live happily ever after. And he gives her like a wedding dress and a wedding veil. It's this whole thing, and then Raoul, sh- mannequin of Christine. Raoul yeah. shows up, and then the Phantom like ambushes Raoul, and in he the starts- dumbest way, he yeah. just runs at him, and Raoul does not keep his hand Raoul- at the level of his eyes, which was the one thing he you was had told. one job, Raoul. <laughs> And Jerry, literally, her one useful piece of information. And, like, even in the Broadway musical, Raoul's like, Christine! And he's like, whoop! You didn't put your hand there, and now you're gonna die. Yeah, so the Phantom starts, like, hanging him. And, like, first of all, first of all, like, take a step back. I really appreciate the musical numbers that occurred during this scene. It's the Down Once More, Track Down This Murderer song on the soundtrack. But it's really cool, because traditionally in musicals, before Act 1 ends... The song before you go into intermission is usually a song that establishes where all of the characters are. Yes. It pulls so- uh, components and themes from certain songs into it. It's it's really your way of, and I, we've talked about this before, it's w- the way of establishing, like, these are our characters and this is where they at. Okay, like it's intermission, our, go grab a beer, come back. It's our one day more. It's yes. our, you know, along came the alley. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, like... What I really like about down once more slash track down the murder is it kind of pulls in a lot of these different themes mm. it's sort it sort of you know acts as that pre-intermission song yeah and it pulls in a lot of the the musical themes that we've heard before right it pulls in um like you know it, it, it pulls in the point of no return all i ask of you mm. which is arguably like the biggest general like outstanding it's, it's the, theme song. It's the love song. It's the love song. It pulls in all of these different musical components. So as the Phantom is kind of like hanging Raoul, saying like, hey, you get to pick between one of us. And Raoul's like, why make her lie to, like, lie to you just to save my life? Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff. It pulls then in all of these. the question becomes, is she lying to him? Or I, is she not? I don't know. So we can talk about this mm. because like, and okay, Let's do this. Let's yeah. for real quick. Yeah. Let's wrap up the end of the musical and talk about the morale of this decision because the end of the musical really doesn't matter. Essentially, ba- yeah. Basically, Christine kisses the Phantom, basically to save Raoul. Yeah, because Saves she's Raul. she's like, listen, I'm going to show you some compassion, show you some kindness, some yeah. empathy. You lived a hard life. I get it. Here's a kiss. Here's what you've been missing. You've been denied this whole, your whole life. Right. Genuine care. Let me show you genuine care. I'm going to go with Raoul as they're leaving. The Phantom's like, forget everything you've seen. Get out of here. Don't tell anyone what you've seen. Right. Just go. Get, get GTFO. out. GTFO. It's done. It's over now. The music, the music of, of the, the night. night. And honestly, that is like the most heart-wrenching thing. And when I saw this, I'm going to try to recognize how fortunate I am to have done this. But seeing it in London, I cried during this scene. That it, moment makes me believe that like chivalry is not dead. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like seeing this performed. Considering that, how deep you are, what a wonderful comment you've just made. Yeah, like <laughs> like the 
seeing it live in London, I was te- I've never cried at this musical. And it's but such it's such it a there, weird ending because it, yeah. you recognize that the Phantom has lived his entire life in mm-hmm. some sh- sort of shame, in some sort of repression. Right? He's he's forced to live underground because he's never been shown a scrap of kindness. Right. And Christine, in her final moments, offers him a, a k- genuine kindness. She's yeah. just like. I don't necessarily love you, I don't, but I recognize. I don't, I don't hate you. I don't hate you, but I recognize you as a, a human. Shitty life. Yes, you've it's, had a shitty life. I recognize you as a human being. It, it's also it's one of those things where it's like I don't agree with what you've done, but I don't hate you. Right. I get it. I understand. You are sad. Yeah. So let me finish some kindness. Right. But as her and Raoul are leaving, they're singing "All I Ask of You" again to each other. Yeah. And the Phantom basically is like, "I'm done." Like I've I've I shot my shot and it didn't work <sighs> and I'm gonna smash all the mirrors in my little dungeon and in the Broadway version and the stage version this is a very cool effect where the Phantom gets on like this throne that he has in his lair and he covers himself in a blanket and then Meg followed by everyone else comes in and is like the the lair's empty except for the figure being covered by the cloak that the Phantom put over himself. She pulls the cloak off. The Phantom is gone. It's a very cool effect. And all that's left is his mask. And the musical, the stage version, ends with Meg holding up the mask. And no Phantom and no Christine, no Raoul. It's just Meg and the mask. Meg and the mask. Meg the sequel. The mask. Actually, there was a sequel to the musical. We won't talk about it. because In love- the movie, though. Meg, this really struck me. Mm. She's wearing pants. She's wearing pants in the stage. And I'm like, too, yeah. this is the 1800s. Yeah, Meg disguised herself shook. as a man. She she disguised herself as a man, and like the, the the stage version, she has a hat on. But here, she's just like, I'm a man with long hair. Don't worry about me. <laughs> Don't mind my little bow in my hair. Like. I'm definitely not a ballerina in pants. And it's like weird, but whatever. And so that's how it ends in the stage version keeps going where we get Raoul having now bought the um like barrel organ monkey figurine like goes to Christine's grave because she's dead um <laughs> gives puts the monkey there and the rose and Raoul also sees a rose from the phantom mm. at Christine's tomb with the ring on it with the ring that he was going to give to her Showing that the Phantom is still, one, still alive, and two, never stop loving Christine. To insert my own mini game. Oh! oh the guest comes challenge. in! Ooh. <laughs> um, horrifying, what's the other one? Horrifying, heartthrob. Heartthrob or horrifying. Heartthrob or horrifying. Mm-hmm. If a man were to come to my grave uh-huh. when I am dead and deposit a rose, mm-hmm. would I, or would I not want... A rose with a black ribbon attached to a engagement ring that I never received. Horrifying. Like I was if you look at Christine's so like, so like if, if you look if, at Christine's if, grave, if it's just I was Christine, mother countess. Like she had children with Ralph. So like let's assume like, that I'm the ghost. I am Christine Dying. Okay. I am the virtuoso that is Christine Dying, and I have died. And now my ghost is haunting my grave. And I'm looking around, and I see that a man who killed people, wrote an opera for me to get me as a lead, has left a rose with, a, with a ring that he was going... 
Well, I mean, like, so I'm dead. Would I take the rock and sell it? Yes. So I'm gonna chalk like, this up again. To I'm horrifying. dead. I'm a ghost. I would give it to Raoul. I would say, like, Raoul, like, if anyone were to eventually put a thousands of dollars worth like ring at my gravestone, mm-hmm. take it, sell it, give the money to my child or charity. Yeah, no, like my child. It's it's, <laughs> the, it's the 1870s in France. Things what are kind not of good. Are there in the At the 1870s? end of the day, there's plenty of people that need help. They didn't know what <laughs> cancer was in the 1870s. Yes, they, they did. <laughs> they definitely okay. did. Well, they didn't have a name did for it. They? Did they? They definitely didn't. It was called cancer. Did they? They knew cancer in the 1500s. Whatever. Give it to a good cause. Most likely, my child. They had it. Definitely did not. My child would have been good. Allie. To, anyway, to your mini game, I'm gonna say horrifying. Yeah, horrifying. In so far as Christine Dye had not seen, and she lived to what sixty five. She died in 1917, which means that her. Age. Which did Christine die because of World War One? Ooh, I'm gonna say no, but <laughs> really, I, I mean that France was a battleground in World War One. Did Christine die in World War One? I, I shot by a German sniper. Literally. <laughs> The Phantom joined the German army and killed his one love. She was a countess. Would she have been hiding in a bunker? Correct. So I'm going to say horrifying insofar as, like, Christine Daae probably had not seen the Phantom since, uh, like, clearly had not seen the Phantom until uh, since she had left him mm-hmm. by himself in his dungeon. So if I was still alive and I saw this, I would be kind of scared because this means that the phantom is still alive mm. and is still following me and my family in some Stalker. capacity. Someone call Spencer Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus points for you as our guest. Nice. Um, so I'll like come it again, ends. please let me request to come again. Um so Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. It's over now, the music of the night. Yeah. I um the music of the night at what am? at five forty six when I'm recording this. I don't listen. So, at you know what? Here's the scale I propose we use. I was trying to pull it up on the TV, but it's not working. So I propose we use Allie as a guest. Ooh. We u- we use a different scale every week. I I do as you know. are familiar. I am familiar. So I propose that the scale we use this week is the top 10 most popular operas in the world so, as opposed so, to operasense.com. So you have operasense.com pulled I up. I do. So we'll give yeah, you please. our number rating and then you tell us where... What, what opera? What opera it is. It is out of, of course, 10. Okay. I can't um, pull it up on the TV because Wi-Fi. Okay. So if you wanted to go ahead, Ali, I think we'll start with you. Yeah. Out of 10. And we're, we'll work 10 right being there. the best. The one, best of them. One I being the worst. I, According to Wikipedia. I can't, so I'll tell you the names afterwards. Okay. Yeah. So like, we're not, because we're not comparing them to the operas in the top ten list. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you what the opera is that you've chosen. So we're going to assume that one is the best and ten is the worst. I mean, this is definitely towards the best, in my opinion. Damn right. It would keep me awake if I were to see an opera that was not in English. I'd, I'd watch this, for sure. Like, probably like a a 3-4 three, four, three, four out of 10, maybe. Like, I don't know. Like, it would not be the number one. I'm sure there's somebody that could top this. So if 10 is the best, you're rating it a 4? 
Ten's the best. Okay, like an eight. If, if one is the best, I would rate this like a four. Like a three to four. So you have chosen. We're going to go with one is the best. Yeah, one Jesus is the best. Jesus Christ. Okay. Ten is the worst okay. in this top ten list of well, operas. Why on earth would ten be the best? What top ten are you looking at where ten is the best? Please no, no, tell one, me. No, one is the best. Ten is the worst. But, like, please tell me what you're thinking of. Well, thinking ten of, would be the best. I'm thinking just this is a ten-point scale. Ten being the best. And whatever number we land on, that's just what the, like, the opera is. That's okay, all I'm, I'm saying. Okay, but I'm just truly thinking, like, when on earth would ten be the best? In I'm terms, so, I'm in so happy that... In number terms, one is in, always in, best because it's the in, first number. So, for example, okay, in an earthquake... Enough. You know, a, you don't want a ten point earthquake would be the worst. So okay, shaking. I understand, yes. but it, please tell me what my ranking was. Your ranking is with one being the best. With you've chosen four, three to four. I need a number. You have to pick one. Four. You have chosen La Bo uh, La Bohi uh, La Boheme La oh, Boheme. I, La Bo-em I understand that by Puccini. I. If there were an opera that non-opera goers have heard of, it would be this one, originally conducted by the great Arturo Toscanini. Top three musical songs ever to me are I'll Cover You. Not the reprise, the original. Oh, 100%. Okay. I would love if someone duetted that with me. Okay. Walk me through the other three. Jesus Christ. Yeah, put you on the spot. Oh, no, I haven't thought about this. Five, four, three. Okay, so I'll cover you. I'll cover you. I mean, I mentioned all I asked of you earlier, but that would not be top three. For sure. Mm. Hamilton, Satisfied, that mm. is top three musical songs ever. Because like, I, re- I relate it's to that fine. song. Thank you very it's much. Good. Are again, you satisfied? Again, I repeat to you, you have never related to a teenage girl being unsatisfied with an unrequited love. I've had every plenty teen- of unrequited every loves in my life. Every teenage girl has felt that. Every ask any teen ask Margot Lawson. I am sure that she has felt. They this. don't. The audience does not know <laughs> oh, who that is. Some of you might know. That but- doesn't matter. I don't care about the audience of the seventeen <laughs> people that listen to this. Adam, what is your score? <laughs> Thank you. One's the best. Give it a six. A six? A six. Yeah. I like the stage version a lot. This movie version leaves a lot to be desired. So where does six fall? You are uh, the Barber of Seville. Or Il Barbre di Sevilla. What does it have to say about the Barber of Seville? Uh, it's by Rossini, finally, a comedy on the list! Exclamation point. It is interesting to note that this is that this 1816 masterpiece has been done by earlier composers Giovanni Pociello in 1782 and nicolas isiard in 1796 yes that early um yet it is only the rossini version that is still regularly performed today this opera buffa of all opera buffet uh i don't know what that means nope. was performed 509 times in the uh 1718 season yeah. yep cool cool so joe what would you give this yeah, this movie I'm gonna, you know Pressure's what? Pressure's on. You know what? We have a four. We have a six. You know what? I want to flip the table. <laughs> I'm giving this a two. <gasps> no! This might oh, be my highest shit. rating. No! This is, I'm giving it Carmen by oh. Bizet. It is no surprise that this popular work is in the top three. The sexy opera's many well-known arias. You're also a Columbus uh, native, so I mean, like, 
have ensured its spot on the list for the foreseeable future. This work was performed 698 times, easily making it one of the world's most popular operas. I would say, here's my thing with Phantom. I don't, it's hard to kill, uh, let me take a step back. To me, it is the most faithful rendition of a Broadway musical turned film that you can get. The music is, with the exception of the 14 spoken lines by the Phantom, it is almost a carbon copy. I, I think mean, the musical renditions are phenomenal. For, I, the, for the actress who played Christine Daae to have been 17 while she played this role. Actually, real world 17. If I were to argue of a musical made into a movie. Maybe Hairspray. Perhaps Hamilton. Hold on, stop. That's cheating. That's cheating. I am with Joe on this one. That is cheating. Hamilton is a recording of a stage. Oh, well, excuse me for trying to provoke debate. I'm throwing the flag. I'm throwing the flag. For those of you who are not sports people. I didn't realize this was D1 athletics. For for those of you who are not sports people, the saying, throwing the flag, uh, is from the sport of football in which a official, an umpire, will throw a flag indicating a foul on the play um so i i think that is the most i'm just gonna quote something real quick sorry Allie, about this but i mean to quote the so great opera tenor pianji amateur quiet listen How okay fucking rude end of the day <laughs> is it perfect absolutely not because no. if it was perfect then it would be a number one it would be yeah. la triviata by uh Vierdi. Which um, is silly for that to be number one. I've never heard of that. I would have chosen something else, but that's fine. So, like, I think it. it I think it is the most <laughs> because you are a man of culture. Me, so, I think the 2004 rendition of Phantom of the Opera, while not perfect, is still the most faithful rendition of a Broadway musical shown on the silver screen. Mm. They didn't remove songs. They kept all of the songs. The ninety nine percent of which in their original format. Yes, and it's it it really is just the story as we see it on stage. And there were several moments when watching the movie rendition that I I it, it was a callback as I watched the stage version where I was just like, ah, oh, yes, that's oh, it's cool to see how that translated to mm. this in such a faithful way okay. with the exception of the intermission crashing of the chandelier which was slightly annoying to me yes i now granted i'm happy with how they did it in the movie and insofar as they actually schumacher actually burnt down the set that they used when they finally crashed the he's chandelier. a madman because say... he's just like he's like now it's over the music of the night now we shall burn it all to the ground when i am joel schumacher don't show fire in the theater it is because <laughs> because of, of joel schumacher schumacher's like but what if i did but what if i did try me bitch what if i made it a central plot point of my show so i you know what i'm gonna give it an exceedingly high score because up until this point things that we've reviewed little shop of horrors Mm -hmm. was a far cry from the original stage production yes les miserables was not good no (laughs) mama mia doesn't have a stage mama mia exclamation point here we go again was never on the stage so i can't arguably non-applicable yeah and then last but not least the producers the producers is good yes i i would argue and say it's great 
but the you're the one that introduced me to that film you are so welcome I mean... so, so but arguably the producers will never evoke the emotions in me that phantom of the opera does with its soaring scores mm. and it's beautiful beautiful track yeah it is incredibly well done it is not perfect but it's pretty close yeah that's fair it's up there so so that said we've given our ratings We've ranted. I kind of want to ask Allie as oh. we approach the end. The final, the final question. The mini game for the show has been heartthrob or horrifying. The final threshold. The final threshold. This is the point of is, no return. Is, <laughs> we are almost past the point of no return. Is the Phantom a heartthrob or horrifying? As a horrifying. Whole. horrifying. As a whole, horrifying. Because if you consider the original text, when he's not only like thirty plus years older than Christine. Yeah. Let alone, <laughs> let alone his actions in the movie, mm-hmm. where he is one creeping on her through a mirror that yeah. is and a arguably a window. Also, real um, quick, that mirror—that's not her dressing room. That's Carlotta's dressing room. So he must have a mirror door. Is it though? Every mirror. I don't think he would care about Carlotta though. He's not sitting there eating popcorn watching Carlotta. Did he <laughs> modify the mirror um, in the time that she was performing? All I at, like think same, of me. Have you never watched Brooklyn Nine Nine with Andy Samberg singing the Backstreet Boys? Like no, 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 no. It is one mirror, arguably Wait, a mirror. I, I know exactly what she's talking about. I'll allow it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> okay. Like, Tell me is, why. Hey, that hey, is horrifying. Okay. Let alone him. Basically hypnotizing her yeah. as she walks down a th- like a pathway filled with golden hands holding candelabras versus when Meg walks down it just just has cobwebs it's everywhere. It's incredibly less horny when Meg walks down. So horribly terrifying when Meg <laughs> walks down it. Thirty percent less horny. He tries yeah. to kidnap her. He Twice. has a terribly accurate mannequin of her wearing a wedding gown and a veil. He tries to kill her fiancé. Frankly rude. He tries to (laughs) burn down the opera in which she works. An inconvenience to everyone. Like, those things. He burned down his own house. Yeah, which is kind of silly because he's homeless now. But I mean, I will say horrifying. He has at least six million dollars. My final answer is horrifying. Thank you. I, you know, I personally agree. Yeah, he's I would say the Phantom is goddamn horrifying. It's worth noting, real quick, I want to throw this in here, because I think this is just absurd. <laughs> For a while, Universal Films, Universal owns the right, pretty much, to any film version of Phantom of the Opera. They did the original 1925 version with Lon Jane, which mentioned earlier. But there for, for a while, you all remember the Tom Cruise Mummy movie? <laughs> good one so rebooting the dark universe so that was supposed to be universal's first film what they called the dark universe kind of like marvel cinematic universe you know how they did the avengers the The dcu the dc the dc expanded universe the dceu yeah the dc so like universal's like we want to get in on this movie universe so we're going to do a dark universe includes dr jekyll and mr hyde the mummy gerard butler and here's the crazy thing, Jekyll. is they were like, you know what? We need to have a Nick Fury of this universe. And you know who our Nick Fury is going to be? Dr. Gerard Butler. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Not Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The Nick Fury of the Dark Universe was going to be the Phantom of the Opera. I said Dr. Gerard Butler. What is the difference? And they were going to have 
like their home base be the Paris Opera House. Ooh, we love that. Jesus. This is such a dumb thing. Anyway. Christian Bale would never. <laughs> it's such a weird... Anyway. I, I Honestly, I love this movie. Y'all it's, can talk as much shit as you okay. would like to. It's okay. But, Allie, thank you so much yes, for being you. our first, first and foremost female guest. Yes. Well, of course, our first guest on Moscato and musicals. Our year first request to not be forced to be here, but to request to be here. <laughs> True. You asked... You asked to be here. Yeah, fall over on the floor. You wanted to do this. Adam, I really like this episode. This, this was, was this was a great one. This Usually was. we bounce back and forth between series. I would argue that this one's kind of funny in some ways. Yes. But next week we I are... I am humorous, thank you. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm funny. Next yeah. week we are doing... We're going to be doing the... Uh, what? I don't know what year this came out. Oh, God. Oh, man. This is bad. Ten. We're off our rhythm. Is it Rent? No. We're not doing Rent. We're not there yet. We'll get there. Uh, we are doing... Oh, jeez. Thank God for... Chicago? We're doing the... No, the 2007 movie musical comedy. Hairspray. Hairspray. Ooh, good choice. Next Maybe. week will be Hairspray. Yes. Someone called Zephron. Get so, Zach up in here. So from Paris, France... <laughs> to Baltimore, <More> Maryland. <laughs> So next week, we'll see you all on Stage Rant when we talk about the biggest hair in Baltimore. Is Phantom of the Opera available on any streaming services? Uh, it is. Well, you can rent it on Amazon Prime for $4.99 or Amazon for $4.99. Uh, other versions I would recommend is also the 25th anniversary uh, Royal Albert Hall performance. Oh, yeah. That one is really cool because it ends with five other actors who played the yeah. Phantom coming out and joining the original Christine, Sarah Brightman, who also dated Angela Rapper for a while, also the mother of his kids. It's a strange thing. It's a lot. Uh, also, if you're interested in other Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals, uh, check out Joseph and the Amazing Technology Dream Coach. Jesus, I wouldn't. I Jesus, sure wouldn't. Jesus Christ Superstar. DM me, Allie underscore Springer, for illegal streaming of other musicals. Oh. I if mean, you want to take on the FCC, sis, that's up I to mean, you. Go ahead. <laughs> Quote, unquote, legal slash illegal. It uh, may or may not be legal streaming. You know, it's mostly Let illegal. Yeah. Um, Personally, I like Joseph. Personally, I like Jesus Christ Superstar, but that's just me. They're both awful they're fine literally awful other angels stop indoctrinating me comma catholic church other angela rubber musicals also include starlight express for human cats. trains and also cats we'll get are we gonna do cats we'll get there i mean james Corden. who <laughs> we'll get to cats do you want to see jason derulo's butthole what cats are you Idris Elba? This is only our first dip into the Andrew Lloyd Webber verse. Please, we shall, <laughs> we shall return. Please shred Taylor Swift. Swift. <laughs> I was going to say another name, which I should not say. Anyway, now. this this has been this Stage Rant. We'll see you all next week. Bye bye. Toodaloo.